Previously on Lonely Boys. Oh, it's really blown. What are you doing? <laughs> what is happening over there? <laughs> Wait. The theatrics. You... Hold on. <laughs> are you being Dan right now? What is happening? Hey, I'm not part of his payment plan. That was I was slapping. Did you hear the slap? Oh, I thought you were like doing like the action. I was slapping my hands together so that he got punched right, in the right. face. Hey, 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 hey. So, sorry. Mr. Bass said nothing should stop us except his safe word. Well, this is serious. He could die. All this be madness. <laughs> what is he rapping? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is some method in it. <clears throat> I'm kicking oh. you. Oh, I wish I could feel that. I guess that wasn't the safe word. Chuck, Chuck, tell them to stop. Okay, fine. Secret word, stop. Uh, let's get out of here. Stop, really? That's it? Somebody get this guy what? depression medication. <laughs> but then no one will sleep with me because they hate him depressed man. Hey, up, Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys. I'm here to break down season five, episode three of Gossip Girl, The Jewel of Denial. But I am not here by myself. I am here with someone who is very happy to see Lily free from her ankle oh, monitor. Yes. It's Brendan Ruffall. You have no idea. Hello, I am your co-host, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Hodo Cream Nation. I'm recording live as well from the crematorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly, Dr. Officer Cream reporting for duty. Cream? Cream yes, cream. cream. Wow. Then, so glad to just see her in general, too. Uh, that's yeah, she wasn't well. in the first two episodes. Now she's here. She's showing some more ankle she's now with the monitor ankle, taken off. Showing her sexy reading glasses. I know that's true. When she was reading Crime and Punishment, of all things, <laughs> reading about what she was, what she did, and what she was getting. <laughs> she, she, she was like, "Why am I on house arrest right now? Let me read up on this Crime and Punishment." <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I brought this up yesterday, and I was scolded for bringing it up on on the show that doesn't have to do with Lonely Boys. But I guess it makes sense now. We 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 have a new listener. I, I so, oh, someone yes. that. Uh, Someone is binging the show right now and, and catching up. They, they've it. listened to three episodes in like one one day, uh, trying to catch up. One of my uh, former students and current coworkers, they are they're obsessed with us. Oh, so so they're they're of age. They're not like a, a current student. <laughs> why, why 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 do you care if they're of, <laughs> of age, Brandon? <laughs> no reason. No reason. We'll talk off pod. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, they are currently a college student. <laughs> okay, great. No, I just, I just think it's funny if you were like telling your students about the show. I, I hope you don't no, do that. No, cer- I certainly do not. They, okay. do, they, I would, uh, I would quit if, if any of the current <laughs> okay. students. Well, luckily, we make a lot of money doing the show, so luckily you, you can quit on the, the London Boy salary <laughs> yeah, exactly. and just make my wage on the, on the profits we gain from this podcast, <laughs> of which I've seen none of. I, Brendan, you have yeah, hoarded all the profits that we've made. All gone. We have a guest. Let's not keep him waiting in the wings too much longer. And this is so – I'm very excited because, uh, you know, kind of at the same time Gossip Girl was airing, we had kind of a little uh, – you guys, I'd say, were frenemies. We, we, I'd yeah. say you guys were like the Serena and Blair of our uh, 10th grade Ooh, chemistry class. I, I could agree. You started off like, – much like Serena and Blair start the show off uh, really at each other's throats, hating each other's guts. And then you really grew to uh, <laughs> to, to really love each <laughs> other at some friends. point. You're really best friends. I'm sure you guys still keep up yeah. to this day. It is someone who I am happy to talk to anytime I see him or hear from him. Please welcome to the show for the first time, Harry Thomas. Harry, Hello. how are you? Uh, hold your applause, everybody. It is so good to be here. Um, thank you for having me. Well, wow, first full circle moment, Brendan. Almost forgot about our little uh, spats back. Um, good times. Good yeah, times. Glad to be here, and I'm ready to gossip, girls. 
to uh, fill to fill the the listeners in on the lore, uh, you know, Harry really, for whatever reason, did 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 not like friends. We were all the same something about class. my face. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think it was your I think it was your teeth. <laughs> yeah, the, okay. pa- part First of the face. Of all, this is I'm scratching this from the record. This is okay. Not okay. Um, I just you know like sometimes like the Upper East Siders do. Maybe I was quick to judge, and then yes. we had a nice little international trip to Italy. Yeah. And it solves everything. everything out so well yeah we all went to italy together and room together and uh from that point on harry realized what he'd been missing he's like oh maybe this brendan guy isn't so, <laughs> I isn't can look so past terrible. his teeth may be terrible but his personality <laughs> is great <laughs> never judge well, a book by his teeth that's yes, what i always yes, say yes yes <laughs> people don't believe because harry you you've met a lot of my uh a lot of my current friends that now listen to this podcast and you you've won them over instantly they all think you're the nicest person when i say that you used to bully my podcast co-host they don't believe me <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't believe it either, to be honest. You're a different man. on my name here, so feel free to disregard new friends. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, um, happy to redeem myself on the Hobby Boys pod. Yeah. Well, now, now that, now that we have, uh, now that we've gotten through the lore, um, I, I will ask you, Harry, what I ask all of our first-time guests, and that is, what is your history with Gossip Girl? I, I do believe you, you were telling me you were, you were, don't have a huge history with the show. Ha, have you seen more than just this one episode, or ha, was this the first time you've ever watched the show? No, I've seen I've seen episodes sparingly. I haven't seen the full thing through, um, but <laughs> yeah, I've caught, caught glimpses of it here and there. Um, I think I might have to do a full soon i'm fresh off my sex in the city and just like that binge mm. and i need oh. a little new york city show to keep me occupied i've never so seen that my, my boss is currently watching sex in the city too your oh, boss that was that was at your wedding yes he's him and his wife are watching it together he's like i didn't know how sexual the show was <laughs> like it's in the title sir it's called sex and the city <laughs> yeah, yeah I, didn't realize no. it was, I didn't realize it was in the city either <laughs> i thought it was in the country they definitely stick to the stick to the title for sure um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, another iconic New York City show, but love me some Blair and Serena, and yeah, this was uh, this was a fun one. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, an interesting one to uh, to kind of jump right into without having any context. Uh, based on this episode and the episodes that you have seen previously, do you have a, a favorite and least favorite character of this show? Oh, Nate really did something for me in this episode. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> wow. um, I love. Listen, Taylor, he was all like... suited up and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, not fair. Nate had an especially good uh, attire today. Yeah, no, he was looking good, and he's like, I just want to be a good intern that works really hard. Can you, like, stop, like, having sex like, so I'll, I'll much? fuck um, you a so lot, but I just need to work a little bit. <laughs> Listen, we will fuck whenever we want, but I do want to work. Also, please, why did you yeah. fire everyone? I didn't ask you to do that. I'll fuck with my laptop, please. Savage, <laughs> for sure. Um, and always love Serena, you know, just the queen of everything, so can't be that. Wow. A Serena over uh, over Blair, really. Yeah, wow. Serena over Blair for sure. Oh wow. my God. We are going to be fighting, fighting in the streets after this. <laughs> um, uh, Brendan, you, you once upon a time you were a Serena over Blair as well, and uh, you know I, 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 I do like, like to bring episodes. up your, your your humble origins. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really maybe we'll, <laughs> throwing everyone under the maybe bus we'll, today. Maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we'll force Harry to watch three more episodes, so hopefully uh, Blair can take <laughs> right. over. Um, do you have a least favorite character, Harry, based on what you've seen? Um. I mean, you know, always want to hate Chuck, but then, like, some tears came out at the end there. I don't know. He's getting a little sloppy on us. So going into it, I would have thought Mr. Bass, but I don't know. He turned on me a little bit at the end there. Now that he can feel, you know, he's a a whole new person now. Um, So that's – 
that's very fun. Uh, let's let's get into the episode, Brendan. It's your time to shine here. Oh boy! Uh, the name of this episode is "The Jewel of Denial." Do you have any idea what that is referencing? The, hmm. I can't shorten anything in that title. That would be no. good. No, you sure can't. Um, I I want to say same title. It sounds like it could be a movie. The Jewel of Den- or the Jewel of what's the episode of Denial? The Jewel of Truth. Let's go. With, let's go. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Jewel of Truth. I really thought you were going to stumble into it, but no. This is referencing the 1985, The Jewel of the Nile. Oh, classic okay. Nile denial play on words. Yeah, yeah, one of those funny ones. Okay. <laughs> so you are now uh, one for three, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, you've you've had worse starts before to start a season. Yeah, not, not that no too reason worried you right can't now. come back. Original air date October 10th, 2011. We are we are at the tail end of 2011 here, and we start the episode with a banger. I uh, I forgot yeah. all about this show, but I freaking oh, love Hello. This is a great like, club floor song. <laughs> Just like any anytime you're at a bar, this is playing. It's, so, it's such a fun dancing song. Such a bop in high school, and truly haven't really thought about it since. Still catchy as hell, though. I was really uh, jamming out to it when it was playing. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. It's I fun. just came to say hello. It's fun to like yeah, watching, like, oh, the soundtrack is great. I love how, how Josh Schwartz has really uh, shifted into, like, the modern era and doesn't just listen to indie punk bands anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, it looks like Blair is uh, getting some sort of paternity test to see who her baby belongs to. This is going to be a, a big uh, point of the whole episode here. Uh, we see that Charlie has returned to New York with Serena. Uh, Nate's figuring out how to put on a tie for his first day of work at his big boy job. You think he's and figuring it out or he, he knows how to do it? No, I don't think he. I think he's been doing clip. That might have been a clip on. I, I think he's been I doing clip on. He was tying it, but he he looked weirdly confident. He shouldn't be that confident putting on a tie. He was weirdly confident all episode. He was like, "Yeah, no, I've never interviewed anyone before. I I never worked in journalism day in my life. Who am I interviewing? Great, let me go get him. <laughs> I got it. No problem. You gotta love the confidence. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So. Blair's reading in bed. Dorota tells Blair that the doctor has the test results, and uh, Blair responds by telling Dorota to hang up on them, or she'll tell the reporter she's talking to today that Dorota is undocumented. That I mean, that would be a wild interview. I don't know how she would get, she would get there. By the way, my, my housekeeper is undocumented, so poor, put that in your little magazine. Blair loves threatening deportation on <laughs> Dorota. <laughs> it's one of, her, one of her many tricks. Yeah, um, Dorota's been really getting it from 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 Blair recently. Uh, Harry, how do you feel about uh, uh, many people's uh, beloved Dorota? Dorota, give me context. Which one? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Blair's, Blair's housekeeper in, in, the, in, the, in the show, who is uh, throughout the episode trying to get uh, Blair to read her results, and Blair is not having it and telling her that uh, instead she's going to deport her. Yeah, Blair was really being pretty bitchy to her. I felt yeah. bad. Um, very, yeah, very Trump-esque. Go back to where you came from. I was not, <laughs> I was not here for for that opening at all. Yeah, not not only does Harry uh, take Serena over Blair, but now is is comparing Blair to to Trump. Of, unfortunately, <laughs> just <laughs> Blair Blair yeah. not seen any love from from Harry today. Um, Dan gets a phone call, and it is from Dorota. I love that Dorota has Dan's phone number, yeah, that, and she's I, like, I thought she like had Blair's phone for a second. Wait, no, I guess Blair, <laughs> she talks to to Dan sometimes. When do you, when do you think Dorota and Dan exchanged numbers? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I can't, I've never seen. Have they? They've been together, but not alone. Or have they? Together, like what? In the biblical sense? <laughs> no, not not like. Maybe <laughs> now, now you're making me second guess her second baby. <laughs> that would be a wild twist. <laughs> 
interesting. <laughs> so, um, Darren tells Dan we have a problem. Uh, the doctor says the paternity test is ready for picked up, but Blair just keeps saying she's busy. But she's not busy. She is in denial, the, the titular denial. Mm. And she's like, listen, Louie gets back from his trip. She promised she'd find out who the baby daddy is before he got back. But, uh, you know. Obviously, Blair is refusing to do this, and Dan's like, listen, I got a couple things to do today, but when I'm done, I will march Blair straight to the off- doctor's office myself if I have to. And so that's what Dan's going to plan to do. Uh, Serena and Charlie enter, and Dorit is so excited to see Serena, welcomes her with a big hug, and Charlie notices that she has three missed calls from Carol, so she just she just deletes the number. Um, and so- no, Serena's like, Charlie, you don't really look like you have an Empire state of mind. And Charlie's second-guessing herself. She thinks it might have been a mistake to come back here. Uh, but you know, not to worry, because Grandma Cece's not going to tell anyone that she's here. Uh, Serena's going to talk to Lily to tell her not to tell anyone here. So so it should be smooth sailing for Charlie here. So yeah. you would think. So, so this so has got to be a little confusing for Harry. If you, if you, you haven't seen the previous few episodes, Harry? No. Yeah. I feel like it was, and then there's a certain point in the like towards the end of the episode where Charlie just like recaps everything that's been happening, he just gives like a ton of exposition. Yeah, and, and she, she sort of yeah. conf- confirms everything we were sort of wondering and wasn't fully explained to us yet. Right, where she just tells Carol, where she's like, "Why don't I tell the police that uh, you hired me as an actress right, to right. pretend to be your daughter, and I infiltrated the family and <laughs> pretended, <laughs> yes. that, pretended that I was their, their long lost cousin, and now everyone thinks I'm part of the family." Like, I'm so talking now to I'm you, Harry, new, new watcher. I was like, yeah, I was like, very nice of them to just explain all that to Harry. <laughs> yeah, he came through with the plot line at the end there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Blair gave her a little leg up where she was like, "Well, you got to have dirt on her too, right?" And she's like, "Oh wait, maybe I do." Oh, yeah, uh, right. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> good idea Blair like yeah big, big move from Blair to remind, to remind her that she can use that against her as well and like apparently Serena and Charlie like spent some time with Grandma Cece last week uh, do you think that because Charlie like Serena calls it out Charlie does not seem happy to be here do you think Charlie is starting to feel guilty at all about this ruse no I think just nervous I think she's worried about what's going to happen at this point doesn't realize that she can use the dirt against her fake right. mother so she's like oh what the hell's going to happen it's, it's a very interesting situation so I would be nervous, too. Yes, and I will use the name Charlie and Ivy interchangeably, of course, sure, still. Sure. Uh, if she was feeling guilty, uh, by the end of the episode, that guilt is all gone. She's like, this is my new it's family, like, baby. Yeah. All she had to do was see a dress, and she's in the world. She's in it. <laughs> What's up, Aunt Lily? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Charlie doesn't think that Serena's friends will be too excited that the psychotic freak is back in town. But Serena's like, no, no, everyone hears a psychotic freak. No, we're freak. all psychotic freaks. Every- yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone goes off the rails. That was really validating. Thank you, Serena. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your it's a rite of passage for the Upper East Side. It's, she calls it their version of a bat mitzvah. Like, Serena, like, doing a, a good job here calming down her little cousin. And she hammers down the fact. She's like, listen, you're a Rhodes. You're going to be fine. If there's one thing I know about you, Charlie, is that you are, in fact, a Rhodes and my cousin. And that everything will be fine. And she turns and to so, the camera and smirks all... and winks. <laughs> I'll never tell. Uh, so... <laughs> Dan and Chuck are looking down at something. It was it was quite the way to start a scene. <laughs> uh, everyone's everyone's favorite duo back together in, in the same room. Yeah, like yeah. A, I I love it. They they are. I mean, Dan is like at this point like going to Chuck with his problems, which is something we would never saw before. Yeah, I, I guess this is a special moment for for Dan to be around Chuck because Chuck can't feel anything at this moment, so he he doesn't feel any anger towards Dan like he normally does. So right, it, right. If you so want to talk to Chuck at all, this is the time to do it. Like we. How far we've come. If I told you, we saw an episode here where Dan is like 
best friends with Blair. Like going, they're going to Blair yeah. with all of their secrets. Uh, they're going to each other with all of their secrets. Dan's like confiding in Chuck as well. He'd be like, "What show are we watching?" Like these are historically Dan's two biggest rivals. Yes, yeah, where he spent all of his time today. And Truly sometimes is on the inside yeah. now, as the as the book would suggest. Uh, so I got to come crumbling down. The poor Ultimate guy. insider, as gossip. And, you know, I think yeah. he got to enjoy a day where he had high end friends and got to wear a blazer. <laughs> yeah. Now explain this to me. Um, Chuck suffered through mediocre sex with a publisher's assistant to find out who published Dan's book. Did Dan ask him to do this? I don't know. <laughs> and then Dan repaid Chuck by getting him a dog. I I think the dog was to to try and get him to feel emotion. Yeah, definitely. Where did Dan get like? Did Dan buy it? Like, where did Dan get I this dog? He, I think he took it from someone that was walking it. Awesome girls going the pet route now. Like, what is this a sitcom <laughs> now where we're just gonna add animals? Yeah. It it was a little jarring to see uh, another dog on this show. Another dog? Who's yeah, well, the, the other the, the two that we hope are dead <laughs> from Nate, Nate's mom's dogs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we we had some scarring experiences with the previous dogs of the yeah. show. Yeah, um, this was not quite as ugly as the other dogs we've seen, but it, it's still not cute. Harry, are you a dog person? Me, me and Brendan have uh, come out as anti-dog on this podcast. Yeah, no, I was going to say, what did I just walk into? <laughs> um, yes, definitely a dog person. And that's why it was cute. What are you talking about, Brendan? Oh, it's, it doesn't look very pettable. It looks like it's it would like hurt my hand. I, I feel like it's it's going to be good for Chuck. I, I have high hopes. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it might be good for Chuck. I mean, Dan's concerned. Chuck felt nothing after watching Field of Dreams. And to be honest, that is alarming. One of the, one of the great films of all time. I think I'm having Field of Dreams ranked as my uh, 12th favorite movie. Wow. Almost cracks the top 10. Yeah, pretty high. Pretty high up there. It had been in the top 10 before. Uh, it, it has since fallen. Not anything because of what, what Field of Dreams is done. Kevin Costner is not on my shit list. He has not done anything to make me <laughs> make, make me drop the drop the movie. It's just other other movies have surpassed it. Okay. I I think I've only ever seen it at your house, actually. Well, let's do it. Let's do let's run it back. Run it back. Come back to the house, we'll watch it again. <laughs> we'll yeah. watch the first eleven in front of it and then we'll watch we'll finish off with the Field of Dreams. It sounds like a pretty good day. Sounds like we're gonna be like up for twenty four consecutive hours, but <laughs> sounds right. like sounds like a good day. Um Harry, you're welcome to come as well. Love. <laughs> Movie marathon. Um, so hopefully this dog is going to do the trick and make Chuck feel things. But uh, Chuck only feels disgust. That's my guy, Chuck. That's that's uh, yes, yes, our me. guy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to like a dog. Like, I I don't hate all dogs. I just dislike most of them. If they want to come near me and lick me, I, I don't want that at all. I hate when they try and lick your face. Right. I, they're very needy animals. Right. If I want to pet you, I want it to be on my terms. Um, and no, that's no why I like cats. Like that. That's why cats are great. They they are, ignore you, and then when you go up to them, they Usually purr and are nice and friendly and yeah. Fuzzy. We stay out of each other's business and then like sometimes we'll hang out and watch TV together. That's right. the ideal relationship. Yeah, between a man and his pet. I agree. Um, so Dan apologizes, but uh, he doesn't have time to take the dog back. Uh, he's got to meet with his old mentor Noah Shapiro. All of Dan's old mentors are making appearances this season. Uh, so Dan is like, it's going to take some persuading, but I think Noah will help. And Chuck replies that he has some knee pads in the bedroom if Dan needs them. Uh, was that was that your joke of the episode, Brendan? That was good. I feel like that was that was um, a little more blue than Gossip Girl usually yeah, goes. Pretty raunchy. Yeah, than we're, than we're, more raunchy than we're used to. Yeah. Um, do you think Chuck actually has knee pads? That, that, or is he oh yeah, no, he's he's got a whole uh, hockey goalie setup in his room for whatever he needs it. <laughs> for when him and Blair do role play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He brought them to the bat mitzvah the, the other day. 
Um, so Nate comes out of his room in a full suit and tie, and he sees a dog. Oh, my God, a dog. I'm a dog. We're, yeah, of course he's a yeah. we're, the, we're the same. <laughs> so um, Dan also lies. Like they, They're both lying to poor Nate. Chuck says he got the dog because he was uh, having sex with a, with a girl from PETA. And Dan also lies, and he's like, I'm here to wish you luck on your, on your first day of work. Like Dan came all the way here just to wish uh, <laughs> Nate luck for his first day of work. And Nate believes him and is just That's like, sweet. thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good friend points for Dan. <laughs> uh, Nate thinks Chuck should keep the dog because he might need a buddy. Because he's like, listen, I'm not going to be around much anymore between school and this new job at the Spectator. Uh, since when does Nate go to school? No, they're, they're, yeah, they're all done with school. <laughs> Everyone in this show is finished with school. <laughs> and Chuck's like, uh, it's clear to me that this lady hired you uh, not so you could please her not so you could please her in the boardroom, but so you, so you could please her in the bedroom. And uh, Chuck seems correct. I was waiting for Chuck to say that and go, I thank you. <laughs> Just awesome power style. Would uh, be a little out of character. <laughs> I was like, not to go back to the blazer again too much, but it's it's funny that Dan looks like, he still looks so out of place with these guys in their suits, and then Dan is always going to be a little bit lesser than when it comes to, to dressing. It's like It looks like he's trying to look like his pals now by right. just adding like the overcoat. Uh, are you a Dan Humphrey guy at all, based on what you've seen? Yes, I am a Dan Humphrey guy. Um, yeah, I think he he performed well in this episode. Uh, over, you know, was had his hands in a couple different pots over there, as we've mentioned so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he was really trying to get Blair to you know see her future, her truth. I think I think he came off well, and yeah, he was trying to trying to keep up with Chuck Bass and you know wear all the the nice little New York City fashion. So yeah. I'm I'm here for. It. Yes, I think Dan is having a very good start to the season. Uh, we'll see what happens once the book comes out, though. Yeah, I was going to say, well, uh, say looks-wise, too, and Blair really shuts him down and makes well, him yeah. feel like shit later, but I, I think he, this is one of the better episodes he's ever looked. Well, listen, I famously have always said that Penn Badgley as Dan Humphrey is the hottest member of this already hot cast, mm. um, and I, I think Dan is only only getting hotter with each season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, don't disagree, and typically would go more of the Dan route, but just something about Nate in that intern role today. Really just... maybe, maybe it's the slick back hair, I don't know. You were hoping to be in the Diana Payne role, to, uh, firing everyone so you, so you could just have sex with Nate yeah, in, yeah, in the office. Was, that was kind of a little fantasy right there. She did great. <laughs> she did great. Listen, if if Nate came back from work and told me that that's how it went, I straight up wouldn't believe him. I'd be like, what do you mean your boss fired everyone so she could have sex with you? You're lying straight to me. I mean, face. honestly, like, that in, in that happen. world with Nate, I would believe it because Nate like scores with older <laughs> ladies true. constantly. Well, yeah. yeah. Nate Nate is really an older an older lady magnet for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Blair sees Serena in the dining room. She is excited to see her. Uh, you know, she may have – Blair – I'm talking about may have the entire cast of the show in love with her at this point, but uh, Blair cannot forget her one true love, Serena. And she tells Blair, uh, Serena tells Blair she's back. Uh, she she's like, look what I brought with her. As she motions to Charlie, and Blair responds with, okay, and why? Which no <laughs> Great response. Back. <laughs> and Serena explains, you know, Charlie had a rough patch with her mom. She was hoping she could stay in the guest room until they figure things out. And uh, Blair graciously allows it and welcomes Charlie back. And Charlie thanks her and says she loves the apartment. So. We have a we have a setup for Charlie at least for now. By the end of the episode, she's gonna be moving into the penthouse. Yeah, I, I thought this was gonna go on longer. I thought this was a way for her to like kind of settle back in and just be a normal yeah, person so here. But then like that, the end, well, that's spoiler the end of the episode. But then it looks like oh she's gonna get found out immediately. I, I, I thought we were gonna have more time with this person who's a, ma a main cast member, but we'll see how it goes. I well yeah we don't know we, we I know we, we will. Know there's a phone and someone calling on the Ivy. How is Charlie gonna get her way out of this? We'll 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 see if right. she can. But I just I surprised was the way more it's excited going. For, 
Yes. I was more excited for Charlie to be living here than in the penthouse. Like, I want to see uh, Charlie being roommates with Blair and Serena, not with Rufus and Lily. Like, what, yeah, yeah. Are we going to get out of, the, out of the Charlie, Rufus, Lily? Like, just like Rufus is going to make nights? her waffles every day? They're like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm making breakfast for two. It's just not the same. We want to make food for Charlie. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be the show. They're just gonna make food for Charlie all day. <laughs> it's a cooking show. The rest of the oh, I'm excited for Charlie. I think she's, <laughs> I think she's ready for her fucking moment in the spotlight. Like she's. Oh yes. I have been singing Charlie slash Ivy's praises, and uh, you know she she's main cast this season, so she's got plenty of time to shine. Um, Serena claims that Charlie was living in squalor when she found her, and like she's like actually squalor was too generous. Which yeah, Serena definitely sounds like a one percenter here. She was just living in a small apartment. She was not living in squalor. A regular, yeah, regular apartment. <laughs> Literally a regular apartment, and Serena's like, oh, you should have seen what she was living in. It was disgusting. <laughs> she was basically homeless. <laughs> <laughs> But still says it in, like, such a nice way where she's not, like, trying to be so bitchy. At least just, that's how yeah. I perceive Serena. No, like, yeah, because Serena, when Serena's on, she has a charm to her where, uh, you know, she she can she can say that and you you don't think she's saying something mean. Whereas if Blair said that same thing, you'd be like, wow, that, that was the rudest thing anyone's right, ever right. said. I, I, when, yeah, when Serena says stuff, I don't, I don't believe she thinks she's better than anybody, really. She just no. fell into what she Yeah, is. I'm starting to realize that I probably personally relate more to Blair, but I wish I was more <laughs> than that's where this is all coming right, from. Right. But I think that's fair, yeah. I and you know, very mature of you to realize this mid pod. <laughs> um, you know, you're really this your growth arc has begun. Yeah, we'll we'll start to be a little more honest with ourselves as the episode goes on. And by the end of it you'll be Chuck. <laughs> with a single tear falling down your <laughs> falling down your We're gonna face. make you cry. <laughs> That's the goal. Every time we have a new guest on the show, our goal is to make them cry. By the end of the, the it's, it's been 100% completion rate so far. <laughs> so, well, you got the challenge up for you right now. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, uh, once again, the prince is coming home tonight. So, Dorota's trying to get Blair moving because she has many things to do before he returns. Uh, and she's Blair responds, like, possibly find a new maid. An employee with one child is annoying. Two is grounds for termination. Which, oh my god, <laughs> Blair is terrible to poor Dorota. I, I mean, she's pregnant. So Blair would never do it. Like, yeah, she's never, that's true. She's never going to fire Dorota, actually. So I guess it's just words, and Dorota is used to it by now. Yeah, yeah, I can, exactly. I can't believe we're still at the point where, where Blair is saying this stuff it's to her. Funny. And, it's, it's part of the friendly banter at this point. Right, very friendly. And Serena's like, oh my god, Dorota, that's right, you're pregnant, congratulations. And Dorota replies very pointedly, thank you. I must say, best part of pregnancy is knowing who father is, which genuinely <laughs> made me laugh. Another contender for joke of the episode, which you know, the is old such saying. a weird thing. <laughs> it's, it's such, I was, yeah, I, you know, I was going to say, how does Serena not react to it? Because it's such a weird thing to say out of context. But maybe Serena is just like, I must be an old Polish saying, you know, <laughs> best part of pregnancy is knowing who father is. I guess it's just something they say over there. Yeah. And she was also <laughs> like, weird... that does sound nice. I, I hope I know who the father is when I have kept pregnant. I, I do love knowing father, knowing who fathers are. Um, Blair, um, so Blair and Serena were asked to model together tonight at the, at the big Jenny Packham show that they were going to mention many times. Uh, it, it took Blair to become a literal princess to finally get invited to do things with Serena, but uh, they finally have the opportunity to actually model with each other. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, this, this dates all the way back to early first season, this, this tension yeah, this, between the, the two of them. Like the fourth episode of the show, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we don't actually see them model together. I think. No, I don't neither, think neither of them participate. Model at all. <laughs> they go both get invited. Neither one of them does it. Charlie's the only one that participates. Well, Blair oh, starts Blair to walk. No, yeah, Dan, you're right. Blair, Dan rudely walks up there. And it's like, hey, you gotta away. open this <laughs> mid show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, this was this was the Charlie show on the runway for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she was ready for her moment. She slayed. She did. She did a great job. Um, 
Rhoda tries to get Blair to do, you know, the one thing she promised Dan that she would do, but Blair is still avoiding, obviously, and she's going to go shopping instead. And it's just Serena and Charlie now, and Serena says things with Blair went great, so now it's time to talk to Lily. And Serena's going to prime Lily first, so it's not a big surprise, and then Charlie's going to come in after she unpacks. So perfect plan. Uh, you know, Serena's going to soften the blow a little bit, and then Charlie's going to come in and be like, hey, I'm, I'm back. I don't know why everyone thinks Lily's going to care that she's back, but, like... Lily did not hate Charlie uh-huh. at any point. No, I guess I guess she just worries that uh, Char- Charlie worries that Lily might let her sister know, and she doesn't want her sister right. to be tipped off at all. I'm guessing. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I, I guess that's the main concern here. Um, more on that later. Dan and Mr. Mentor Noah Shapiro are with each other, and Shapiro is very impressed that Dan wrote an actual novel because he was convinced that Dan would remain an epic disappointment. And Dan's like, well, I never wanted to publish Inside. It just fell into a publisher's lap anonymously somehow. And, uh, you know, since they're your publisher, Shapiro, small world, I guess, uh, Dan was hoping that he could get the book killed. And he's like, listen, it's, it's a satire of my entire life and everyone I know. So... This is on Dan. Like, if if only he could write about something else besides the only people in his life. Like, I, I mean, he is taking write what you know very literally and barely changing the name. Calling Blair Claire. Calling Serena, like, what? Like, Sabrina. Calling Chuck Bass Charlie Trout. Like, he has made it so painfully obvious who he is talking about in the book. Right. And so he's supposed to be this great writer. Um, and everyone's so impressed with this book. And it, it seems like he's, he's not all that clever. It, it wasn't, the, I don't know, I don't know if this is the guy from uh, this particular plot line but wasn't he the one that told dan that he needs to write about other shit besides just the same girl over and over again i think so yes but now he's obsessed with this this concept listen uh, he didn't know it was going to be a hit book yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> so uh dan thinks he's going to be a pariah if the novel gets released and shapira tells dan something uh he tells dan that he's an even bigger coward than he thought uh, and then he gives him some advice you know the best way to make sure the book falls into oblivion is to do nothing and let it come out <laughs> which so doesn't Shapiro's, sound doesn't make sense at all doesn't seem to make sense like, i think the better <laughs> but, way to kill it would be to just remove it from publishing right right that i mean that might work sure if if no one cares about it after after it gets published uh maybe but then maybe there's a no chance people actually it, see it Right, but the surefire way to get it killed is to get it killed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, so you think this is the best way? <laughs> All right, if you say so. And then, and the, but then also, if even if no one like it doesn't become a bestseller, no one reads it. Like, Anne's friends still know that the book's coming out. He, they still know that he's trying to get it killed. If right, someone right. happens upon it and I'm sees like, well, a book well with, with uh, S- Sabrina Vandertrinket and Claire <laughs> and Claire whoever and Charlie Trout, they're gonna be like. This is Dan's book, and they're going to be like, and he's still going to be a pariah among his friends group and family. Right. Yeah. As, as soon as you see a book with one of your good friends' names on it, like, well, I, I got to fucking read this. Yeah, of course. If I saw, you know, Moat Gregorian in a, in a book, I would I'd read it instantly. If you, if you saw what? Moat Gregorian. That's what my, that's what my changed name would be. <laughs> Moat Gregorian. <laughs> That's a classic. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a classic uh, BoJack Horsepot inside joke. Okay, it's like that's pretty good. That's a good. It, it didn't tip me off. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Let's go to the penthouse. Uh, Rufus has a haircut, and uh, so that's exciting. But more exciting <laughs> is that Lily, <laughs> Lily's Very in the episode. Exciting. exciting all around. That's really exciting. Would never need a haircut. Lily's... Her hair grows to the perfect <laughs> length only, and stays there. And then stays there, yes. That is one thing to know about Lily. Uh, she's feeling pretty lonely with Eric gone. Uh, all she does is play Angry Birds. Um, so maybe Rufus should actually stay home for once instead of hanging out in the loft all day for some reason. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. But 
So Lily gets a phone call from Carol, very glad to hear from her. And Carol asks if she's heard anything from Charlie because she's taken off and might be on the West Coast and, you know, not returning. Uh, her mom's not returning her calls. And so Lily tells her that Serena's back from L.A., so she'll see if she's heard from Charlie. And Carol's like, huh, Serena was in L.A. You know what? Maybe I'll fly to New York and see what's going on there. Uh-oh. Uh, Lily's just like, yeah, I could use the company. So, uh, yeah, come on come on down. And we see that Carol's, like, looking at a copy of uh, the bounce check that Charlie tried to use, I guess. So that's what tipped her off. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, someone tries to use your checkbook, you'll probably get notified somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess the logic tracks, yeah. <laughs> Normally the writers would just forget about this, but good, good for them for good, tying good, it in. Good for them. <laughs> Lyra gets a call from Dan. She lies and tells him that she's entering the doctor's office, but Dan is right in front of her, which, you know, Dan putting his stalking to, to good use in this, yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, He's quite the stalker. And uh, true to his word, he starts dragging her down the street. And... But uh, it will be interrupted because Dan gets a Gossip Girl blast. Uh, rumored Upper East Side novel is actually happening, and she has the inside scoop on who the author is. So obviously Dan is frazzled now. Uh-oh. Yeah, she's going to get found out. It's going to be a big blast. Yep. <laughs> big, big blast. <laughs> <laughs> Nate is at work. and I, I do have to say, he, he looks so adorable in his little first day of workout. He looks too, he looks too eager in like a childish way. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to describe it. I think it, it, um, he looks so childish just because he's working for someone so much older than him. It looks like her. her we, she we, brought her kid to if work. People, if, if people aren't watching the show along and like haven't seen this, they would think that Diana Payne is like 68 years old, <laughs> the, way, the way we describe her. We, we've called her nothing but like the old lady. <laughs> she brought her baby to work. You just said that, that Nate looks so like much younger because of how old this lady is. Yeah, People to think be she's fair, she is she is a hot woman and she's definitely yes. younger than we're making her seem. But she she had her own agenda and Nate was just ready to work. Like it seems yes. like nobody wants to work these days, but Nate like really wanted to work and, and she exactly. wasn't really here for it. Yeah, you know, Diana's generation, they say that the millennials never want to work, but Nate is here wanting to work and she just wants to fuck him. It's it's funny that millennials don't want to work anymore because they, I mean, if they would work, they would realize that work is just having sex with your boss. They're <laughs> they're missing only, out. If only, <laughs> if only they would put the avocado toast down and show up to the office, all the sex they could be having. <laughs> if only. Just put so, it down. Uh, Diana gives him the rundown on everything he has to do. You know, paper is sponsoring the Jenny Packham show, of course, obviously the very show that Serena's modeling. What are the odds? Um, wow. And Nate asks where he can start. And Diana closes a door behind them and tells him he can start by making her scream. And he would, oh like Nate does get annoyed. You'd think he'd be a little more annoyed, but he seems kind of amused right now that Diana wants to fuck in a full office. And Nate's like, yeah, the employees might think you're playing favorites. And also, I don't really like an audience. So Diana gets everyone's attention in the office and tells them, you're all fired. Don't bother cleaning out your desk. Good luck. She's a terrible person. Yeah. It, she, she wanted to have sex with that window wide open to it in a workplace. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine looking into your boss's window and seeing her going going to town on a, a little boy? The new the new 20-year-old hire. Yeah, no, she went for it. I I was gagged by that one. He he actually said like I there's two issues with this. Like one, like I don't want an audience and like two, like I don't want people to think of me differently. She goes, "Okay, everyone's fired and they're leaving right now. Do you have any other problems?" Like, yeah. Really what's, yeah, what what's your next complaint, Nate? Or can we have sex now? Like but Now I wonder how many interns she, have fucked her with the window open. How many jobs how have to get lost before How many how, how many finds them. How many how much quarters have these workers seen? I mean, 
She doesn't hire these people back. How is she going to operate this newspaper with only one employee now? That whose only yeah, job there are a lot of workers. There. She seems to be having sex. Like I, this is crazy. I, I think they could like file an unjust, unjustifiable termination like lawsuit here. But uh, she closes the door again and starts walking towards Nate. And again, Nate should be like, "What the fuck was that? You just fired everyone and like start running the other way <laughs> because like that's crazy person behavior." But instead, he just smiles and laughs a little. Like okay. Yeah, I, I feel like he knows he signed up for a little bit of uh, a little bit of crazy. This is not a little bit. I I, I have to say this is full on crazy. Yeah, he fired everyone. But again, he he showed up to work and his <laughs> job description changed a little bit in the first. You know, <laughs> sure, he got a role there, but he, yeah, he's there to do his job. I you know what? I guess so. You can, you can't take that away from him. Um, so Blair and Dan exit the doctor's office. Dan is coaching Blair to uh, take a deep breath, open the test, but Blair still can't do it uh, because there's too many pigeons and street vendors, which is valid. You know, can't can't open results yeah, in front of the, the pigeons right and the street vendors. Yeah. Um, Blair tells Dan, you know, she'll open it immediately after her interview with Hello Magazine. She can't, you know, she can't uh, have this on her mind as she's giving the interview, which I, I don't think is the craziest point. Like, you know, I, yeah. I would kind of want to get it over with, but if she feels like she'd interview better, like, I know that she needs to... I know that she needs to see it, but she doesn't have to do it right this second. She's yeah. I know she's been putting it off, but if she actually is going to do it for the interview, then okay, that's fine. But I just want to point out that, again, I do this every week at this point, but I love Dan and Blair as friends so much. This dynamic uh. is really working for me. It is so nice that Blair is like kind of in a love triangle right now still with Chuck and Louie uh, with the pregnancy, and she has someone else that she can turn to to help her out with it that you know maybe you won't like judge her or laugh at her like Serena would. Like Dan is just down to hold her hand through this and be nice. They are so good as friends. Yeah, I, Not uh, as, as friends. I don't know about this. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Holds her hand, but really he just threw the papers in her face. Like, I don't know how supportive yeah. that really was. Listen, he realizes that by the end. He says, maybe I was forcing your hand instead of holding it. <laughs> but I, I still think they're dynamic. They're, and Blair says at the end of the episode, like, you know, she says it again. Like, it's, it's nice having someone that I can go to with this stuff. Yeah, it's it's nice that he's available. And it's nice that in the past when he they, they were interested in each other, or at least he was interest, interested in her. Anything he would do for her seemed like it was an ulterior motive for like trying to get into her pants. Right. So it's it's nice that he's doing this to be friendly, if even part of it is uh, to help himself a little bit. It's not to mm-hmm. uh, get with her, which it is. But I, I also I do like the version of them that likes each other, and it's not just Dan creeping on her. I, I like the two of them. I, I still ship them. Yes, you can't you can't take it away yes. from me. No, no, okay. no. They don't need to. They don't need to date. They're they're greatest where, friends. Where we are um, now, though, I I accept it for now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love uh, the the romance rhombus would be a little messy. Yeah, too much. They they hinted at it a little bit early in the season. We are mm-hmm. still very early. This is when uh, earlier. <laughs> this is when Blair tells Dan that uh, she doesn't like his hair because he looks like a muppet. Yeah, I mean, and this this is, this is a kind of cute uh, quote unquote banter <laughs> that you can get from these two when they're friends. <laughs> and I call it. It's not really banter because she just says that to him, and I think they walk separate ways afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> How do you come back from that? You can't. You can't. Exactly. You just have to walk away at that point. Um, Serena is telling Lily all about her amazing summer. Uh, Lily asks if she's heard from her cousin because she got a call from Aunt Carol. Uh, and, you know, so much for Lily or so much for Serena being the one to bring it up. So Serena explains that Carol was cutting her off and, like, Charlie's 19, so she's not running away. She's leaving home. And Lily agrees, but Grandma Cece should not be lying to Carol considering Charlie's mental health issues. And as this conversation is happening, we see Charlie entering the penthouse. Uh, seems 
a little early for Charlie to show up, considering Serena hadn't even brought her up yet. It seems like they have just started talking. Like, shouldn't she have waited for, like, Serena to text her or something? Like, I talked to my mom. Come over now. Yeah, I wasn't sure exa- exactly what the plan was, um, if she was just following behind Serena. But, yeah, if she was going to clear it first, then she should have been like, yeah, I'll just wait downstairs in the lobby and I'll tell you when to come up. <laughs> right. But Charlie she, hears all this. She knew oh, sorry, something go on. That said and she, she wanted to be there for it, I think. Or she wanted know, to hear to- it. Yeah. She shares all this and walks right back into the elevator. She's like, oh, guess I'm not wanted here. Um, Blair is at her interview with Hello Magazine, and the interviewer asks Blair when she and Louie will, will be starting a family. Every time she asks Blair a question, like, Blair will say an answer, and she's like, okay, well, here's what Louie said. Like, this seems like an unorthodox interview where, she's, where they're, like, playing a game of, like, the newlywed game with, with this interviewer. Like, let's see if your answers match. Yeah, right. And so... And, he asks when Blair, when she and Louie will be starting a family, and Blair responds it's a very personal question, which it is, but also consider that Blair is literally 20. Right. Yeah, I, yeah the, the answer for me would just be like, I don't know. Yeah, like, what do you, I'm 20 years old. Like, I can't even legally drink. You want me to yeah. have a kid? I, I guess because they are getting married, and that's the, the assumption right afterwards. I guess, yeah. yeah. And uh, this is when the interviewer is like, all right, we can skip the question. But just so you know, <laughs> Louis did answer it. And, uh, it's too personal you know, for he, you, he but not too personal for him. <laughs> not to Louis. He said it's a long way off. He said, Blair has any special interest in being a mother yet, and I'm nowhere near ready to be a father at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. So naturally, this is go- – I feel like my uh, Louis impression gets worse and worse. I think episode. it gets better. So, <laughs> okay, I understand you. you more and more each time. I, I understand you so better than I understand Louis. That's fucking freak. <laughs> that's why it's getting worse. You should not understand <laughs> oh, what I'm true, saying. That's true. <laughs> Uh, naturally, this will discourage Blair. Uh, you know, you can just see that she's hurting after she sees that Louis uh, does not want to have kids, uh, at least not anytime soon. Um, Dan is going to return to Shapiro's office, finds Alessandra Steele. And, cool name. Uh, Noah's not here. Uh, he won't be back. But Dan needs to talk to him because he confided in some personal information that he may have let slip. And Alessandra's like, listen, he doesn't have time for petty gossip right now because his hands are full with the release of his new book. That's right. The book that he wrote inside. It's so good. You're going to love it. It's about people your age. Here it is. There it is. I, this doesn't seem uh, – this doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm so confused about the book stuff from, from minute one. <laughs> No, no, this can't be how publishing books works. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Right, it doesn't make sense. Because I, I thought when Vanessa gave this book to them, they knew that she was the one that gave it to them, so she had to be the one to clear the the actual author. I, I don't know. I, there's, there's no way to know what exactly went down here. We don't know. It was anonymous, and then at some point, I guess, okay, so Dan brings it up that he's the one that wrote it. So at this point... I was like, okay, let me talk to the, the, the people who are publishing the book and let me say, all right, I'm coming clean. It's mine. I'm the anonymous. Like, I guess anyone could have done this if they knew about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, it was me. A, this is I'm very sloppy by Vanessa for doing this because anyone could just say, like, it was me. <laughs> but I, 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 I guess it works for him because it, it, it was published underneath his umbrella. So he's like, well, I, I run this place so I could just say it's it was me. mine. Yeah, he said he, he submitted it secretly because he wanted his editor's honest reaction. And Alessandra's like, I would have killed him for it, but I won't because the book is so brilliant and I'm only on page 60. And this is when I was like, is it me or does none of this make sense? Like, this is this can't be how publishing <laughs> works. I am so lost. But anyway, obviously it turns out the book is inside, a.k.a. Dan's novel. And we get a peek of Dan's novel on the little iPad or whatever they're using. And I read both of the pages we see. Oh. Like, I pause it so I could read it. Uh, because This so-called brilliant novel that everyone's raving about. The book really isn't that good. Like, like it, it seems like a typical like, your takeaway young adult the, novel almost. 
So there's not much to go over, but brilliant author Dan Humphrey does describe Claire Carlyle, who is obviously supposed to be Blair, uh, describes her, she was small yet giant, young yet adult, girlish yet macho. Like, okay, give him the Pulitzer (laughs) now. This is how he's... That's good stuff. <laughs> Beautiful, girlish yet macho. Wow, what what brilliant prose! Big yet from, small. From That's Adam. very good. Big, small yet giant, young yet adult, girlish yet macho. That's <laughs> ugly, how I describe yet pretty. Just to do all opposites. Yeah, Dan just just discovered what opposite. It's a page full. Dan of just discovered the. <laughs> just discovered uh, what oxymorons were or juxtaposition. Like, and he's <laughs> right. very excited to use his his new trick. Um, and that's when Alessandra tells him it's about people your age. You're gonna love it, and. So Dan, uh, you know, Noah's uh, stealing his book, but don't worry. Between you and me, uh, it's a big ruse at the end. It's it's all to set Dan up to to take credit for it. So you don't have to. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, Ivy uh, realizes she made a big mistake now, and she is leaving her good boyfriend, Max, a voicemail telling him she's made a huge mistake, and she got a bus ticket. She'll see him as soon as she can. But Serena sees her about to get in a cab. She's like, hey, what are you doing? And Charlie's like, listen, I heard what your mom said. Like, I, I... and Serena's like, listen, I can turn her around. But she's like, listen, it's not your mom I'm concerned about. It's my mom. Carol doesn't want her here, and maybe she's right. Maybe she doesn't belong here. So Serena's like, come on, stay. But uh, Charlie seems to have made up her mind. So Serena gives her a hug. But we can see the look in Serena's eyes has changed. That, that's the Serena mm, has an idea look. look. And she's like, yeah. okay, listen, as long as you're leaving. Looks like she has gas. Return my... Yes, that's the, that's the look. That's how you know Serena has an idea. Uh, she's like, listen. If you're leaving already, just do me a favor. Return my tickets to the Jenny Packham show. It's already bad enough. I can't be a model. So if I let my tickets go to waste, they'll never invite me back. So she's like, yeah, of course. Any, anything for you. Uh, so everything's going according to Serena's plan, uh, whatever it may be. D- did you figure out what Serena was planning? Because I I, I wasn't sure what was going no, on. No, not exactly. I, I also would have thought that Ivy would have just been like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And just like fucking thrown him out the window and gone to her destination. <laughs> why does she owe shit. Serena anything? Yeah she doesn't but i guess she's just nice enough right but i, I would just be i would just want to get out of here as fast as possible if I'm, if I'm about to be found out i would just try and skedaddle yeah i mean i guess i guess but uh then i guess we wouldn't have had a second half of the episode that's right <laughs> businessman nate is going through papers uh diana's bragging that she got the famous jenny packham show because she suggested that no one bring their cameras or cell phones or even or you know so that so that nothing gets leaked and uh she's like you want to celebrate and he's like listen I love celebrating with you as many times as possible, but I have to wonder if this is all I was hired for. And, like, even though Chuck has already told him this, and also it seemed painfully obvious when she <laughs> fired everyone, and, and also the fact that uh, they had sex and she was like, let me hire you, come work for me. Like, it seemed this was the case the moment she hired him, and he's, like, just now catching on. Wait a second. Was this a sex hire? <laughs> was this a classic sex hire? <laughs> is this one of those sex hires I'm always hearing about? <laughs> How did she respond to that? You can't remember. Um... So Nate goes on. Nate goes on. He's like, "Listen, I wanted this job so I could make a name for myself outside of my family's influence. But if this is just a joke to you, then maybe I'll take an internship that looks good on my resume." As if Nate has to worry about what his resume looks like. The the famous one of the famous Vanderbilts. Yeah. Okay. So Diana takes this and she apologizes to Nate. She's like, "No, no, it's not a joke." And then she sits him down and she's like, "Listen, you know Congressman McCready and his wife." It's like, "Yeah, of course I know. I play squash with him at the club sometimes." What a stupid question. Of course. Uh, Like. Naturally, what a you know what a non nepo baby concerned about his resume would say how he just playing <laughs> squash with the congressman. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, Diana's like, hot young Congressman McCready is going to be at the show tonight with his hot socialite wife, and she wants an interview with him. And since she fired all of her actual reporters, she's willing to let Nate do the interview. I'm sorry, but this is fucking insane. I don't know. That's, that's not a joke. This is what I planned the whole time. I planned to fire everyone and use you as my new journalist. So the plan all along. And no one else. You're going to write all the stories for the <laughs> – I'm the editor and you are the reporter for every single story of this magazine. It's me and you, baby, this till the end. <laughs> this can't, they can't run a business like this. <laughs> and wouldn't this make news – like wouldn't another paper be like, the spectator fires every single employee except for new intern Nate Archibald. What the <laughs> fuck is going on there? They're, yeah, really they're going to write that story about themselves. Around. <laughs> how, is, how is she going to get away with it? I don't know. She doesn't seem to have thought, thought this through, but nothing has happened so far. So, like, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, shouldn't someone be talking to Diana about her follow, firing all of her employees except for the intern? Like, how is this paper going to operate? Like, I know she's the editor, but she has to have some kind of higher up. That is like, that's what I was wondering too. Like, there's going to be someone above her. She's not running this. She, this is not like a you the CEO or whatever. Yeah, like, and not a small business. <laughs> yes. And who is working for you, and how is this paper going to operate? Secondly, though, Nate is a 20-year-old college junior with literally zero journalism experience. And, and zero And he's just going to do this. No, zero anything experience. Yeah. And he's just going to do this important interview. How is that going to work? How is Nate not, like, freaking out about uh, this? Like, it's like, Nate is just, like, so dumb, kind of. He doesn't even realize he's not capable of this. He's just like, oh, I'm the journalist now? Okay, I'll take a shot at it. Here yeah, we go. I mean, that's, sometimes that's the best, uh, what's, what you need is just, like, just blind, dumb confidence. Right, like later he's being given the like, questions too, so all he has to ask is like, "What's on the?" I, you know, he maybe he can read. You know what? It's starting to it's starting to look like he, at some point he learned how to how to read a little bit. Yeah, uh, Blair has checked her results. Uh, Leighton Meester doing some incredible face acting as she as she wrestles with whether she should check or not, and Blair distracts herself by looking at Gossip Girl, sees that Chuck is sending his poor dog to the pound, and you know, now she gets a text <laughs> that made me laugh. I was her- I was excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> now she gets a text on her blackberry from dan running late open the envelope you can do it love support of dan here again love the friendship uh and rhoda tries to protest but blair tells her that uh she's gonna banish her to someplace terrible like the upper west side and you know what uh you know what happens to housekeepers there uh so blair's gonna ignore this yet again and what just go she, to the jenny pack about zombies yeah yeah the the something zombies like apparently they, they turn into zombies on the upper <laughs> west side okay. makes so, sense to me not not only does Blair not open the envelope, but she rips it into several pieces and throws it out. Yeah, it was a tough look. I, I didn't like uh, like watching that. Luckily, Dorota's a very uh, expert taper back togetherer. Yeah, thank God. I don't know how she did it. I, I think they mentioned something about how she's done this uh, for a long time. Blair is famous for ripping things up, and Dorota's uh, put a lot of them back together so she could read them or something. <laughs> it's not even a process. It just like takes her five minutes at this yeah, point. No, she she's like, oh, here we go. Oh, that's not the way it rips like, it off. If Blair, if Blair really wanted to destroy that, she could have ripped it a couple more times. Like, right. it, she, it should, she should have put that through the shredder. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then put it in the, like, the dumpster. Like she, she she left it there. Like when uh, like when Charlie just, just so happened to leave her meds at the very top of the garbage for anyone to see. Exactly. Um, so Charlie, speaking of Charlie, she arrives to the Jenny Packham show. Uh, she tells the first person she sees that she's here to return Serena's ticket. And the lady's like, oh, thank God you're here. Which, you know, seems unorthodox. But the lady shows Charlie the dress that she'll be wearing tonight. And Charlie is obviously confused. She's like, there's a misunderstanding. I am not Serena. And the lady's like, of course you aren't. You're her cousin, Charlie Rhodes. Have some champagne while you wait. And Charlie sees the beautiful dress that she's supposed to wear. And the music gets, like, crazy dramatic. as she slowly walks up to it, sees a note attached to it. And it says, live your dream. Yes. <laughs> 
I guess Serena knew that Charlie's like a sucker for a nice dress and this plan would work. I guess. It, it's just like the dress is telling her like, you like looking hot, don't you? He's <laughs> like, I do. I do, like, I do. I do like looking hot. <laughs> and Serena wants Charlie to have one last Cinderella moment before she turns back to a bumpkin. And I actually do think this is a really nice sentiment from Serena. Like mixing, mixing with the super dramatic music, it was making me a little emotional. Like, oh, Serena cares about her cousin so much, even though unbeknownst to her, this isn't really her cousin. <laughs> That's the funniest part is that this person is not related to Serena at all. <laughs> she, Serena goes leaps and bounds. She treats Charlie better than any other Anyone. person in the history of the show, and yeah. it is she is treated, and it's this con woman. <laughs> it, 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 this episode makes me feel for charlie a little bit more after she has like the the back and forth with her fake mom later on mm-hmm. uh I, I i thought she was more of a con woman and she's really just like a, an actor trying to make some well, money she was a struggling actor who got thrown into this yeah. by an evil person who wanted to steal her daughter's money yeah. and now she's like now i kind of just want a family like i feel bad for charlie <laughs> yeah for you, really, Ivy. you really do it's uh, like i've never had a family before like oh poor girl you can be charlie for as long as you want yeah. Do you think we're going to meet the real Charlie? Like, she's going to open up to people and be Ivy and they'll accept her? <laughs> no, do, you, do you think, like, the actual Charlie Rhodes, the person that she is pretending oh, to be? Oh, oh, yeah. I, I guess I never thought about that. I, half of me I thought like she was phil- maybe like your philosophical. Dead. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I was, worried, I, like I was worried that she was dead. I, li- I like the theory as well. <laughs> we end an episode with Carol going, I killed someone. <laughs> and it was my daughter. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, this, this is when Lily's reading everyone's favorite book, Crime and Punishment. She's like, there has to be something about house arrest in this in this book. Um, <laughs> She's been trying to get so the Rufus... ankle butt monitor off for six months. <laughs> so Rufus comes in all dressed up for once and wants to take her out because he has a surprise. You know all those meetings he's been having with Panic? Well, half of them were actually with Lily's lawyer to try and see if the judge would give her an early release. So Rufus just got off the phone with the judge, and Lily is a free woman. And much like publishing, I don't know how this works, but it can't work like this, right? Rufus just meets with her lawyer and annoys the judge until he's like, eh, sure, let her free. And then they tell Rufus and then they tell Rufus she's free and like just deactivate the monitor, but don't even bother to call Lily. I guess he, he wants to make sure it was a surprise. Like, oh, don't do not do it yet. Uh, I'll make sure I tell her first, and then we can have a fun little day together. Uh, I, I guess Rufus is annoying enough where I, I could see this being true. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get this guy out of here. Yeah. Um, Lily's so excited she can hardly speak. Uh, she's she's also feeling like very horny now that she's free. She can't stop kissing Rufus. She is very horny. I like to see it, but I don't and, I don't like when she's horny for Rufus because he's, he's too eager. Jealous. He's another eager person. I don't know. I think, I think he did this more out of... Um, he was trying to get with her. He's like, I, I know, I know. If I'm, gonna, if I get her free, I'm gonna get those sweet lily kisses. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they've done anything since the the incident. She's been pent up Hold in the on. penthouse. Oh, <laughs> they haven't done anything since the incident. Yeah, since since They're the very ankle model. Yes. I, I, yeah, so he, that's, that's why he really wants to do this so badly. He's like, I need, I need to fuck so badly. I need to get her <laughs> out of that bracelet <laughs> so I can finally. Get what's mine. And I don't like that. The logic surely surely checks out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at the Empire Hotel, Dan fills in Chuck that Noah Shapiro is trying to steal his book. And Chuck's like, okay, so you didn't want the book and now someone else is taking credit for it. What is – what's the problem? And, like, um, again, except for anyone that Dan is close to. Like, there's anyone who reads the book, even if Noah Shapiro is taking credit for it, when they read Charlie Trout, Claire Carlisle, right, like, they're right. going to realize that this was written about them and – on top of that, like Dan's friends are going to hate him after it comes out, but he's also not going to have any of the fame to go with it. 
Yes, it's the worst of both both scenarios. You, you might as well exactly. at least get the the fame if they're all gonna see it and hate you. Might as well. And it looks like uh, he's on his way. It's very like, is this fucking book about us? Um, if I will. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, no, I. Man's got to make a decision here. Exactly. This is like the worst of both worlds, as Brendan was saying. This is like a bad half measure. And it only doesn't so, work too because if, if they weren't like a bunch of already sort of famous people, then it would have been like, uh, I'm pissed at you, but like. It's kind of cool that you made us famous, but they really don't care about that at all. <laughs> no, of course, yeah. yeah. And Dan's like, this seems wrong, and Chuck's like, okay, nothing more boring than a sense of morality, but these are your options. Either you tell Simon and Schuster and uh, and the world that Noah Shapiro is a credit-stealing liar, or you stay quiet forever and simply let it go. Um, and so at this point, Dan gets yet another text from Dorota that uh, Blair still hasn't looked at the results and uh, is now going to the fashion show, so Dan's got other things to worry about. Oh, yeah. I mean, when and Chuck lays it out for him, it's like you, you kind of you have – you have to make the right the right choice. Right, like you have it, two options. Like, um, stop complaining about it and pick something. It's also interesting that Chuck and I guess a couple, a couple other people know that this book exists about them, and know that Dan wants to kill it, but don't want to like, hey, can you can I not see that? Not curious at all. Not curious yeah, about it. To, yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Like, right, Chuck and Blair at the very least already know about this, and Rufus. The Rufus Rufus has read the one chapter preview. Yes. Like, there are people who know about this that it exists, and like. Weren't the least bit curious of what's going on in there? Yeah, I, I, I definitely would be. So we are finally at the big Jenny Packham fashion, fashion Packham fashion, the the Packham fashion show, and Blair uh, gladly checks in her BlackBerry so she doesn't have to be bothered by everyone's constant messages. And she asks where to go for her hair and makeup, and the lady's like, uh, "Actually, I was told you're not participating." And Blair's like, "Actually, I am. So keep up." Um, and <laughs> there, so, so Blair's here now. Diana and Nate are here. Uh, you know, the the weirdest couple <laughs> that we've seen in a while. I, I just don't get it. Uh, <laughs> Diana is coaching Nate on how to do the interview. Nate takes it all in. Seems very confident with himself again that he can pull it off. And like. Nate goes off, and we see that Diana has not checked her phone. So she is going to keep her phone, but everyone else has checked their phones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another reason I could see Nate being so confident doing this is because sometimes when you're thrown into a situation where it's just such a shit show, you're like, ah, you know, I really don't care what happens. Let me just go do this. (laughs) So I I can see him being of of that mindset. Yeah, me like it. Me, me with my teaching assignment right now, where they're yeah, like, oh, me into it. And I'm like, you know what? Happens. At this point, they're not giving me anything, so they can't be upset if, if, if something <laughs> right, it's on them. ridiculous happens. It's on them at this point. I'll, I'll just do whatever. Um, Joanna is uh, jo- the, the the lady with the clipboard that I guess is in charge of stuff is, is Joanna, and she's filling in Blair on how the show will work. Uh, all the models will be escorted by either a professional model or a special guest for some reason. And Blair notices Charlie back- backstage, and she's like, okay, uh, Charlie will take any available Whitney's or Rockefellers. And Blair's like, I myself am fine with a model or a witty gay. And Joanna's re- only reaction is, all right, I'll see what I can do. Uh, not like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a request they get often. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. She's like, okay, model and witty gay for, <laughs> we for have, Blair. We have uh, right here. Rockefeller. Should we rename the podcast The Model and the Witty Gay? <laughs> wow. Ooh, right, that's complimentary to both like of us. That. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. It, we're thinking too high of ourselves. <laughs> no, no, certainly no, let's model. keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to say, we might be reaching here. Maybe if you think we have guest, let's get... Oh, just kidding. You're the model and the witty gay. <laughs> yeah, you, you get both titles. That's how I should have introduced you at the top of the show. Brendan, it, go back and edit in post to me, me doing a different introduction. And here he is, the model on the witty gay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, I'll take it. <laughs> so, Blair asks Charlie what she's doing here, and Charlie's like, she... 
basically it's like remember when Serena said she was finally on a model with you well she's not I'm here now <laughs> surprise <laughs> <laughs> she's she says she's leaving to go back to LA after the fashion show um her mom doesn't want her in New York and it's not worth fighting her about and Blair is like <laughs> Blair goes and how old are you? <laughs> really just makes Charlie think like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I don't have to listen to my mom, let alone my fake mom. Which, which yeah, which she's no not even knows. my mom. It was really, um, boy, blast from the past. Uh, shades of when I think I've told this story on the podcast before. Uh, reminds me of when uh, <laughs> Lindenhurst legend Justin Wittick, uh, I told him I was grounded. And he said, how old are you? And it changed my life forever because like, I was like, huh. you're right. I don't I don't have to listen to my mom. I, I don't have to be grounded. <laughs> yeah. really, I never listened to my mom again. He really changed my life in that moment. <laughs> Good times. Sometimes you need that. One of the formative moments of my life. And Justin so, would have made you the man you are today. Yeah, and I tell people that often. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie explains, you know, with Matt Reddington mentioned yesterday, Justin Wittick, we're really, the, the Lindenhurst legends are really getting their, their stars on this, on this podcast recently. Yeah. And, it, and also, so, the way we put it makes it seem like Justin Wittick deflowered you. <laughs> No, that's, that's the way you're putting it. Charlie explains uh, that her mom has a few things that she can hold over her head. And Blair's like, okay, don't you have a few things you can hold over hers? And this gets Charlie thinking. She somehow never really considered this. And she's like, yeah, I do. And Blair's like, yeah, you're a Rhodes. And uh, so... And Blair, Blair also says in this moment, I recently found out that mothers have some of the darker secrets of all. She, who is, what is she referring to herself as the mother that has the dark secret? Who is she talking about? I guess so, because she's so soon to be mother with a dark secret. I don't know. I guess. It, it cracks me. It's, um, it's so funny that they continue to harp onto Ivy that she is a Rhodes. I think they, they, they reference her last name more than they do any other character in the entire show. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. not actually her last Every name. Every like, remember, Charlie, you're, you're a Rhodes. Rhodes. <laughs> you're not just a random person named Ivy. <laughs> And before she goes, Blair gives Charlie some much-needed wisdom. She says, forget what your mother wants, Charlie. It's your life. What do you want? Honestly, that's my advice to anyone. Fuck your Good parents. Advice. They don't know anything. Do what you want. And I applaud Blair for making that clear to Charlie. Great job, Blair. Yeah, even though she's, she's not, like, super fond of Charlie. She's like, oh, she's just here. I'll, I'll like, acknowledge her. Uh, gives her great advice. It's definitely an interesting dynamic between these two. Like, Blair does not seem to hate her or like her she either way. She just seems kind of... Too. Yes. She just seems kind of, like, bored of her whenever she sees her. <laughs> right. She's nothing to her yet. Nate is doing his interview. Uh, the subject tells Nate he didn't realize that Nate was in journalism. And uh, Nate's like, yeah, you know, I saw an opportunity and I went for it. And by that, of course, he means that uh, the right old lady wanted to fuck him. And so here right. he is. And the first question Nate asks the congressman is about his recent tri trip to Mykonos. And right away, you can tell that Nate was set up. The man is flustered, very aggressively tells Nate that he was mistaken, but the damage has been done. His wife calls him a bastard and asks if he was with her. So obviously there's a another woman in the picture here. And uh, the wife tells the congressman that uh, she's calling her lawyer, and if she tries to fight it, she will make those pictures public, and she storms off. Kind of a queen. Oh, wow. H how old like do you her. think uh, Nate would go? Uh, in which direction? Uh, old, old. How old would he go? I, like I said, I think Nate is the person where on his Tinder he goes eighteen to a hundred. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't. Oh, uh, I don't think there's a limit in in either direction. Yeah. They yeah. are. If they are legal to uh, if they are alive. Are, are they illegal if they're one hundred and one? Is that like officially off limits for anyone <laughs> to have sex with? <laughs> I don't know. There's a it's cap at the higher blind. end. <laughs> I mean, if they're dead, I think it's illegal. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, Nate's in full damage control now. He's apologizing, saying he had no idea what was going on. But uh, the congressman thinks Nate did this on purpose. He's like, and here I thought you were the nice one in your family. Ah, that poor Nate. You know, yeah, I, like, hated, I hated that. I don't know. <laughs> it's just he, like, it was anticlimactic. Like, that's not what you would really say. Like, either you're going to punch this guy in the face and, like, go crazy. <laughs> or, like, true. Or just, it, it, that was a very weird, like, in-between response for me. For yeah. Right, yeah. He, he might as well have said, like, I'll see you at Squash next week afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the congressman storms off. Nate stares down to Diana, who I guess has been recording him with her phone. Like, this is her big plan. <laughs> and, okay. then, like, and then, like, once he sees the phone, she's like, yeah, you're right. I do have a phone. Like, she gives him, like, this look. <laughs> gives, oh. gives him a little wink. Uh-huh. Want to fuck again? <laughs> um, so Rufus and Lily have now arrived. Lily checks her phone just as Serena's trying to call her. Um, has the show Gossip Girl done this before? A party where the characters have to check their phones? I don't remember this ever being a thing. No, I think this is new. This is definitely like a way for. At first, I thought it was just a way for them to uh, avoid the plot hole of like, why don't they use their phones? Uh, but then yes. it just ends up. So being, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, something for the journalism thing. I'm surprised it took them this long to do this because it seems like an obvious way to create drama, like people not being able to get in touch with each other, much like the masquerade ball that they do once a season where people can't recognize each other for some unbeknownst reason because of a small mask. <laughs> right, right. Um, but like you were saying, a lot of times in the show we say, oh, why didn't Blair just text him? But like this is a foolproof to make it so that the characters can't contact each other. Yeah, this this should be done in more shows. Makes sense. I guess you, you can't go to the well too often, though, if you if this was your intent. Every single event. Got to check the phones again. <laughs> I mean, if, if you make that part of the canon from day one, then maybe that's not the worst idea. Yeah. Uh, so Rufus exciting. It's weird that Rufus is excited to see who's here because he usually hates these parties. But all right, he's excited now. This is part of his personality. Mm-hmm. But Lily, like, can tell everyone's whispering about her. So she's hesitant. But Rufus, like, Rufus is, goes, what's wrong? And it's like, what do you think is wrong? Everyone's <laughs> talking about her. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't hear um, them? Yeah. Lily didn't stop to think what her freedom would actually be like. Uh, she says last time she was at, she was uh, hosting this party, and now this this time she's a former convict. And Rufus is like, oh, don't worry. You serve your time with dignity and grace, so you've earned the right to move on, and everyone else can go fuck themselves pretty much. And I'm so, imagining Rufus uh, just going through this party, leading her along, and just like himself going like, oh my god, what is she doing here? This is so weird. And like talking to the people, like start trying to start <laughs> <laughs> drama. <laughs> Then as soon as Rufus says this, some guy named Jamie sees Lily and gives her a big hug. And Rufus is like, see, see, people love you. That ya. was so weird. Just like, oh, see, there's it one nice weird. guy here. Wow, this guy doesn't hate you. That guy definitely turned so around ugly. and talked shit about her immediately as soon as she walked away. Yeah, maybe he did. He definitely like, did. This girl. So, <laughs> Who the fuck is that? The, the models are walking. Uh, Charlie is with some uh, random guy with, with pink spiky hair. Is this a Whitney or a Rockefeller? I, we don't know. Mm, <laughs> Unclear. Good question. So... Uh, Charlie's loving walking in the show until she turns around and sees Lily, and Lily's surprised to see Charlie, and Charlie's like, oh, please don't tell my mom, but her mom is right behind her because uh, she got the memo that everyone was at the event, and so uh, something's going to happen there, but uh, Blair is walking down the catwalk with her witty gay. Uh, That is until Dan Humphrey just walks up and tells Blair they need to talk and is like, mind if I take over? Like, really bold move, just marching up mid-catwalk. Like, how does he get away with that? (laughs) I don't know. I I guess it's a very low-key catwalk for all the catwalks I've seen. Right, yeah, it didn't look like it was reason. like the most glamorous thing, but it's kind of crazy that he just walks out and the guy's just like, yeah, don't mind if I do, see yeah, You ya. know he only gets away with it because of the blazer. That must be it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like rule number one in being a pretty girl's best friend, like don't fuck up her catwalk. Like, I know <laughs> right. like what are you doing? Like, like, wait till after. Yeah. I'm surprised Blair didn't punch her. Punch him right there. I mean, they are going to get a little bit of a tussle here, but... Um, <laughs> so... 
Rhoda has, again, pieced together Blair's test results and Bla- and then brought them to the event, which seems like a recipe for disaster. Like, again, I know Blair is putting this off, but we really couldn't wait till after the big event. And so Blair asked Dan, don't you have your own life to ruin? And Dan's like, uh, yeah, I-, I do, actually, but I- I'm here instead. <laughs> right. And he-, he had to ruin yours first. <laughs> yes. So uh, they're going to you know, start by shoving the test results back in each other's faces. They're like, I don't want it. Well, I don't want it. And so um, Blair's like... Listen, I know what's happening. Chuck is Chuck, and Louie doesn't want to be a father, so I'm in this by myself no matter what. But, like, so she's not going to tell anyone, but what does she think is going to happen when she starts showing and, like, giving birth to a baby and having a child? Like, surely someone's going to be, Louie's going to be like, oh, I kind of have to, uh, we, we have to talk about this. Yeah, and then wonder, like, why she didn't want to talk about it. Um, it's, it's just, <laughs> yes. that's what denial is, I guess. The jewel, the jewel of denial. Denial. Exactly. So, uh, again, Dan tries to give the test results. She doesn't want them. And uh, then they just they go back and forth to the point where Blair uh, shoves it into Dan's shirt and then pushes him into a cater waiter. These poor cater waiters really take a beating in this show. Yeah, they really do. I, um, th- this is at least the second fight the two of them have had, like physical altercation that <laughs> these two have had. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nate is pissed at Diana. And smart boy Nate has realized that he was set up and wants to know why he just destroyed a marriage. Uh, I mean, no, the congressman kind of destroyed it for doing what he was doing. Which, right, right. It seems like she already kind of knew what was happening. He just confirmed it, like, uh, in a little hard on himself. But Diana's like, uh, no, to tell you the truth, I'm not interested in interviews with New York's elite. I want their secrets and scandals. And Nate's like, Gossip Girl already has that cover. Yeah, and Diana right. goes, yeah, and Diana goes, for now. So Diana wants to be the new Gossip Girl? That's what this is about? Why? Yeah, it's really, really weird, and I, it's, I don't understand why this is necessary. What is the motivation for Diana to be Gossip Girl? The, or the new Gossip yeah, Girl? Does, does Gossip Girl, is she famous for, or, or whoever it is, famous for making tons of money? Like, is, is it super lucrative to be Gossip Girl? Like, what, what is the, the goal? Like, Gossip Girl seems like they do it just because it's what they love. I, I don't the know. The love why. of the game. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, release <laughs> release Gossip Girl's taxes. Dare I say Diana's just like, I mean, listen, she just hired this intern, fired everyone just to fuck this intern nonstop. Now she's going to parties trying to, you know, get all the, maybe she's just bored and like middle-aged. Like, <laughs> this is a middle-aged woman obsessed with teenage. Yeah, I think that's teenagers what makes it even weirder too. Well, not only teenagers, but also congressmen and, you know, I guess. Teenagers York, and congressmen. But, that's, that's, those are the two. <laughs> The two, yeah. The two mains. Like, it's crazy. So, Nate S. is like, did you arrange for everyone to have their phones checked just to get a story that Gossip Girl didn't have? And Nate's like, listen, I know how Gossip Girl works. Your plan is not going to work. Like, you're going to be blacklisted once this gets out. And Gossip Girl doesn't create scandals. She just whispers about what's already out there. And, like, I would have gladly told you that if you filled me in on what you were doing instead of using me. Like, And and also, how is this a job? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) And also... How are we turning the spectator into a gossip column yeah, now? I, I, yeah, how, how do we get paid to do this? Who made you the editor? <laughs> Who writes my checks? So many questions. So Nate asked Diana, I mean, you had everyone's phones taken. <laughs> this is He's like, I mean, you had everyone's phones taken. Why didn't you just look at some of them? And you know what? Sometimes it takes a simple-minded person like Nate to see the clearest plan. Like, yeah. she really overthought this. So with, with these, I guess most of these are Blackberries. Was there not yeah. like a, a lock screen or like passcode to get into your phone back then? Yeah, I was wondering about the lock screen situation. Yeah, because I never had a BlackBerry. Uh, I never had a password. Harry, were you a BlackBerry boy back in the day? 
I have one for for a stint. I'm trying to think. I don't. I feel like before iPhones and the touchscreen, maybe there weren't passwords. Huh, that okay. seems crazy, though. Right? So that, that does seem crazy. I mean, I definitely. I mean, I don't have a password these days. I don't. I didn't have a password back then for sure. Back in my BlackBerry days, which God, I, I'm always waxing poetic about them. Miss Miss the, miss the BBM. Waxing poetic. Uh, waxing poetic. You said whacking. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wax. I said whacking. Why am I getting ganged up on here? <laughs> Roll the tapes back. Shacking off the pictures of your BlackBerry. Free. You know he what? what I do, where I thought he was trying to take it. What I do in the, in the <laughs> comfort of my own home is between, is between me and You have and piles my and piles of, of, of old Blackberries that you're just sitting on and cranking off. <laughs> All of my old Blackberries just in front of me. <laughs> so, uh, Diana calls Nate brilliant. And she's like, if we act fast, we can return them before anyone knows. And Nate clearly doesn't want to do this. But Diana uh, continues to use him and pretty much forces him to help her with this. And... Anna tells Nate if he wants any success, then he needs to take a risk once in a while so he can help her or call his mom. She's like, I'm sure there's a position open in the senator's office somewhere, as if that's like a big like dig. Okay. And that does the trick for Nate, though. He tells Diana to meet him back in the office in 20 minutes, not a minute later, and he starts grabbing everyone's phones. But uh, he does save his friend's phones. He, we see him put Blair and Dan's phones in the separate drawer. Yeah, that was funny when he was like, oh, Blair, uh, okay, uh, Dan, all right. I, I, I liked watching him sort of be a decent person <laughs> throughout this this absurd <laughs> mission of his. This absurd plot line. He's got, he's a nice guy at the end of the day. I don't I don't love him going nice down this route. Nice point, Nate. Yeah. No, I mean, Diana's leading him astray. Um, Charlie and Carol here. Carol can't believe that Charlie thought she would get away with this. Uh, she tells, she's, she's like, I'm going to tell Lily that we're leaving. And Charlie's like, uh, she tells Charlie it's time to go back to her real life like she just should have done months ago. And Charlie is now fully empowered by Blair and her advice. And she's like, actually, I'm going to stay. Ivy's like it's not or Carol tells Ivy it's not up to her and Ivy's like uh yeah it is actually what are you gonna do about it call the police I'd be happy to tell them the whole story about how you hired a struggling actress to pretend to be your daughter that so that you could gain access to your real daughter's trust fund just so you could take the money for yourself I think the authorities would have a problem with that and your family would too first of all Carol has created a monster and mm -hmm. also as we were saying very nice of Ivy to give all of this exposition to fill Harry in on what's been going on yeah it, it helped me out too um yeah. I'm, I'm not wondering where all of Carol's money went. Does she never have well, her own Carol's trust like, fund? No, her big thing is like, I don't take money from the family. Even though, as we found out, Cece has been cutting her checks. Right, right. But I don't know why Cece can't just cut her more checks. I don't know. Who knows? Right. That, I think that's what I'm wondering. Like, what, If she's been getting money from the family, where did, it, where did that go? Yeah, I don't know. So Carol tries to call her bluff, but Ivy's like, I came from nothing! <laughs> and like, also, that, that family that Carol hates has been kinder to this poor girl than the, her whole family ever was, and she's not walking away from that. And she says, and if you try to take me down, Carol, you're coming with me. Which, checkmate. Like, this is why you can't hire someone who has nothing, but you gotta do your research more, because this poor girl clearly has nothing to lose. This started as a job for Ivy, but now she just desperately wants to keep this new family that she stumbled into, and, you know, if this family really has been treating treating her nicer than her own family ever has. Like, I don't blame her. Yeah, that's a, it's like you said, she's got nothing to lose. She'll do whatever it takes to stay in these people's good graces. And, you know, she's living the life. Yeah, I mean, look at her. She's not dressed. Can't stop looking at her. I can't stop. Yeah. She's an Upper East Sider now. Yeah. She's a beaut. Yeah, so... Dan and Blair are on the sidewalk now. Dan apologizes, admits that he was out of line. He's been using Blair to avoid having. Uh, I'm fully waiting, by the way, for, to see like Vanessa pull by in a taxi, looking at them, just like she always used to. There's so many scenes of just Vanessa just like, like, hmm, staring at Dan on the sidewalk. Eavesdropping, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So Dan thinks, this is when he says, instead of holding Blair's hand, he's been forcing it. But Blair also acknowledges her own wrongdoings. Uh, she turned to Dan because she knew that he was the only one who would protect her from her worst instincts. Which, again, love the friendship. You can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, it's nice, I guess. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Dan relates this situation to the one time he once thought he was briefly a father. And I feel like it's not the same, but he uses <laughs> that anecdote to claim to, to claim that Chuck or Louie will fear exactly the same way he did when he saw Milo. Even though impossible for him to know like he's just saying this but uh he thinks if blair has the courage to face her future then he'll have the courage to face his and she grabs her test results finally reads them um who did you guys think would be the father at, at this moment here I, I was confident it would be chuck harry what did you think sam sam interesting interesting yeah. um at, at least blair would have us believe that it is not chuck but we will discuss if if she is telling the truth or not um at this point, Blair goes to the Empire, and Chuck is just sitting alone in the dark, as he just wants to do, and it looks like it's time for another classic Blair and Chuck scene, and they stare at each other in silence for a while before Blair says she needs to talk to him, and Chuck uh, is like, I thought we said everything we needed well, to do. Well, so quickly before you other. go too deep into it, as soon as she walks into his room, I immediately think that this is just trying to throw me off, and now it's definitely not Chuck. As soon as she sees him first, right, the old like, well, switch. yeah, it's not going to be Chuck's baby then. Now... Harry, I'm sure you could tell this was a very intense scene, even not having context, really knowing anything about their history. Uh, are, are you familiar with the with the Chuck and Blair of the world? Yes, I know that I know they have their little saga, and they they acted that scene quite well. Uh, yeah, this it is was great. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I believed their dynamic, um, and yeah, I thought I thought they were both pretty. Uh, pretty emotional about what was going on. She just went right to it after. Yeah. I, I think. I think the line was, "I thought we said everything we had to say," and she goes, "Wait, but one more thing. I'm pregnant." Like, that's kind of <laughs> it's a new thing, actually. Uh, I would say. <laughs> one, one more thing. Yeah. Um, I, I do. <laughs> I do like where she's like, "Yeah, I'm pregnant," and then waits for him to look at her, and like his whole demeanor has instantly changed. Like, th I think this was the moment that Chuck started feeling again when when Blair said this. Yeah. But then she, as soon as Chuck looks at him, she's like. It's Louise, and his face drops a little. Like, that split second of hope she gave him. I, I wish he didn't do that. Yeah, it's tough. I, there's no real good way to deliver this news, though. I think she should have, like, started the sentence with Louis somehow. Just like, Louis knocked me up. Just so there was never any <laughs> any like yeah, any yeah. split second where, where Chuck was like, oh, it's mine. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. So uh, Blair didn't want Chuck to find out from someone else and, like, wonder if the baby was his. And, like, Chuck can barely croak out the words, like, it's very considerate of you. Like, you got to feel for him here. And I guess, um, so this is what what uh, what Blair is saying. Do you believe Blair? Because everyone is predicting that the baby was Chuck's because a Louis baby would be too boring. We see right. Blair kind of looking at the results again at the end of the episode, kind of suspiciously, and putting them yeah, back in I, the drawer. I didn't think it was supposed to be anything to hint at a possible Chuck baby, that, that, that last little scene. I assumed that she was telling the truth because she was very convincing, and usually these characters, if they want to give you a little bit of hope, you'll see it on their face a little bit, but she seemed very truthful, mm -hmm. and then I assumed she wanted to keep the letter away from Louis just because he'd be like, why did you want to know who the father was? That's weird. And then know that yes, she cheated. I, again, she should be putting it through the shredder. Why did yes. she keep... Yeah, I Get guess that, that does make sense as a setup for someone to potentially find it. Um, and someone's Harry, going to find that. That's you... whatever always would happen with, with papers that people put in drawers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, Harry, are you taking Blair's word for it, or do you think there might be a conspiracy theory as whose baby this is? I don't know. I'm kind of grappling with it. I, yeah, I want to believe 
split. I mean, listen, I think when she, you're right, she gave him a glimmer of hope, Chuck, in that moment, which she shouldn't have done. Like, I'm pregnant. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Like, no, that was crazy. Um, by the way, it's not yours. Sorry. I just, like, wanted to, like, <laughs> just come by and tell you that. <laughs> One more so, thing. It's not yours. Um, yeah, no. So that, that, I don't know, but through the, um, the Hello Magazine interview, like, she was led to believe that Louis didn't want kids. So, I would have to think she's telling the truth here, right? right. Because, sure. like, if anything, she would have done the reverse and just been like, yo, Chuck, right. is your... Um, right. That does make but, sense, yeah. Um, I guess only one way to find out, and that is uh, you're going to have to keep watching the show. So, mm-hmm. um, Blair's like, well, you know, being a father isn't part of the Chuck Bass lifestyle anyway. And he just replies, you must have been very relieved when you realized you weren't carrying my offspring. That certainly would have derailed your fairy tale. Again, Chuck has no one has a way with words quite like Chuck has. Uh, you must have been very relieved when you realized you weren't carrying my offspring. Like, what You're a really alien. And then, and then, okay, so Chuck's new dog goes to say hi to Blair, and Chuck says without the faintest hint of irony, "Blair, meet my dog, Monkey." That that was my joke of the episode. It caught me so off guard, I had to laugh. Yeah, that was the best one. That was so funny. And it, it, it breaks Chuck, the tension uh, of this super tense. It scene. really does. It's it's insane. <laughs> he just walks in. He's like, "Blair, meet my dog, monkey." It was so <laughs> matter so of fact that I was like, "Did I miss the fact like when we called this it dog w- monkey?" It was so matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> love the love the name. Love the name yeah. monkey for a time. <laughs> Naming the animal a different animal is funny. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, Blair's confused because Gossip Girl reported that Chuck got rid of him, but uh, Gossip Girl, again, clearly back in her misreporting era because Chuck merely got Monkey fixed because it was a responsible thing to do. Yes. And so uh, Blair has to go back to Louis, but uh, before she goes, she uh, she tells Chuck that there was a part of her that really wanted the baby to be his, which, damn, that is a very honest thing to say. Yeah, I think, that's, I think part of that honesty is what made me think it was not his because she that would be too much, yeah. too much to put on right, him if, yeah. if she was carrying his baby it'd be weird if it was his and she's like mm. man i really wish it was yours all right see ya <laughs> right yeah unless she just like wanted him to react like so strongly where she's like i'm kidding it's really right you know, but, uh, <laughs> what a reveal gotcha. <laughs> that'd, that'd be great so yeah another uh fantastic chuck blair scene it, it is clear at this point that chuck's inability to feel has been cured at least so good for you. do you think all the pain that he that he had not been feeling for like the past few weeks just like hit him at once as like, soon as she like tells all him the bruises she's that pregnant, aside, she just he just his, goes ow ow <laughs> <laughs> his internal bleeding, his broken ribs. Like, Blair says she's pregnant. And she's like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> Take me to the hospital. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> Dan finds Noah Shapiro. He's at some restaurant having dinner with some uh, pretentious book people. And Dan just marches up to him and asks to speak to him. And uh, Noah's going to introduce Dan to the table. Uh, calls him the inspiration for the character of Dylan Hunter. And he says, isn't that right, Daniel? And Daniel tells him, no. And then shouts, <laughs> you didn't write the book. I did. Wow, very, Fell right very into firm. the old man's trap. <laughs> like, it's so condescending. He gives him, like, a sarcastic bravo, and the whole table claps for him. Like, <laughs> I'd be embarrassed. Oh, way to go. You you wrote a book, you little baby? Oh, good job, Danny. You took credit for the book you wrote. Oh, you had a young adult <laughs> book? Good for you, Bobby. <laughs> Shapiro knew he could get Dan to admit the book was his, and he was right. I mean, it was obvious that dan wrote it and uh dan's ego wasn't going to let someone else take credit so i guess good job shapiro here and uh shapiro's excited now and invites dan to the to the table to talk with the team about his new book and just like that dan seems pretty happy with his decision all of a sudden <laughs> he, he essentially walked into a, a meeting about his book 
about his book. And yeah, now they're finally ready for him to, to join the meeting. Had they know that he was going to come to this meeting at this time? Like, what, what, Who they, knows? They there was really an empty chair waiting well. for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If I know Dan like I think I do, he'll, he will confront me exactly now. <laughs> and then he walks in. So, now, listen, as we were saying earlier, we know that this book was so bad for Dan that he was calling in royal favors to try and get this book killed for weeks. Uh, so, like, now that it is presumably going to be published after all, like, what is going to come of this? Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I can't even imagine what it would be about that's so bad because we've been watching the show, and I assume if the book's about the show – like, what does he have to say about these people that's so awful? Is he just straight up shit-talking them in the book? Or if he's just telling the events that happened, they all know it's true. And people, I think people all know about what happened from Gossip Girl. That's true. You know, but so you I, know what? I, don't I have know. a feeling we might see exactly what happens. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he wants credit. Like, I, that's ego at the end, the end like, of the day. If, that's yeah. more important. Yeah. If you, the book was just squashed, he would have been fine with it. But he's like, I don't know. This this Noah Shapiro character is going to be getting credit guy. for this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you write an entire book, you, you got to get some credit. Of course. So and you got to really, deal with the gossip that comes from it, too. Yeah. And speaking of which, I, not to bring, like, is Vanessa still getting paid for, like, I, I don't know how I this still don't understand why so, she's getting paid so much money before the book even saw the light of day. Right, yeah, and you know what, I'm not even going to ask, we don't have answers, I'm not going to ask the questions, yeah. <laughs> so Rufus is toasting to Lily's freedom back at the penthouse, uh, Charlie and Carol are also there, Charlie wants to toast to second chances, and she thanks her mom, you know, her fake mom, yeah. for understanding that this is where she's meant to be, as they stare daggers at each other, and uh, Carol really hired the wrong lonely girl, like, this is the Lonely Boys podcast, she hired the wrong lonely girl, uh, she... She just wanted some, like, extra cash that she could steal from her daughter. But now she's got to, like, keep up with this ruse with this crazy girl forever. Yeah. There's her right. As the great Justin Bieber once said, there's one less lonely girl. That is what, that's what he was talking about, that's yeah. That's what he was talking about. It was a song about Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if this song came out around the same time. It, it, it very well might have. Very well could have, yeah. Yeah. So... Lily tells Charlie that uh, Serena's room is empty and she's welcome to stay here. Um, which, you know, I... I have been brushing aside the fact that Serena can't recognize her cousin because it's been a while. But, like, <laughs> no one in the family knows Nobody. what their actual yeah, relative when the, when looks like. When the hell like. was no the one... last time they saw this girl? She must She must. No have... one's... You know what? Her, uh, her mom, her fake mom, I keep forgetting her name. Um, Carol. Carol must have just done a really, a really great job of casting her, <laughs> her Maybe. fake daughter. Maybe. She must yeah, look a lot like, like no her. No one's looking at an old picture. Like, they don't really look alike. Like, Especially when you this much FaceTime been... with the person. you, you got to know, like, this is yeah. not the same person. Where has Carol been hiding her actual daughter all these years? Like, this seems far-fetched, but, you yeah. know, whatever. For the drama, I'm fine with it. Right. It's, it works. We'll, we'll assume that they haven't seen her since she was, like, very, very little. Yeah, no one has. No one in the family. It's crazy that they pull this off, but all right. Yeah. Um, so Carol tries telling Lily that Charlie staying here would be an imposition, but Lily insists. Her, her and Rufus are already going through empty nest syndrome. Uh, Charlie would love to stay here and be with family. Uh, she, she is ready to be like Lily and Rufus's new daughter here, as uh, Carol looks on disapprovingly. Yeah, their new 19-year-old baby. <laughs> yep. We'll cook for you every day. We'll cook for you, clean for you. Mm. We'll, we'll make your bed for you. All right, sure. Okay. Lily, what the fuck are you talking about? Empty nest syndrome. Lily didn't do this parenting for her own children. <laughs> <laughs> right. She, no, well, she know, was never in the nest. She <laughs> Mother Hen loves uh parenting new old babies. Anyone yes, anyone as anyway. long as it's not her biological children. Yes. She loves being a parent too. Yeah. So Carol Carol wants to go to bed to get ready for her early flight, but you know, Rufus and Lily want to go out and party. But uh, Carol's like, you know what? I'm sure I'll be back soon. So it looks like Carol will be uh maybe somewhat of a recurring character here. But she 
Charlie hugs her mom goodnight and whispers to her, I'm going to make sure Cece reinstates your access to my trust, which is very nice of Charlie. It's, I mean, uh, unnecessary, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe she's nice. And Carol tells her, you know, you're on your own now, kid. Good luck. You always have been. Always, you always have been. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, Carol's saying, like, I am wiping my hands of this. Like, I paid you. I did my part. You, you, if you want to keep up this ruse, that's on you. I am. Do not call me in for any. I mean, with, with, with that, the, to me, she now has to clear to do whatever she wants. Like, all right, thanks. See you later, thanks, mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Charlie. She's opportunistic, you know. Like, yeah, she's, she's I amazing. love. I love my girl Charlie. <laughs> Dan. Dan is at the loft. He receives a package. It's a copy of his brand new novel, Inside, with his name on the cover and a note from Alessandra. Uh, get ready for the ride of your life. A. Uh, I, I guess she's part of the, the Gossip Girl mold where everyone just goes by first initial. Um, and th- this book is getting published already. Like, I, I was going to ask how this happened so fast, but I, I guess they were literally just waiting for Dan to slap his name on it. Like, it was, yeah, it was, it was ready like to go. They just needed to come clean, and they were like, all right, let's print it, baby. Yeah, it, it was printed. It looked like they even, like, to a point where they had to put stickers of the author's name on it. Right. Like, it, yeah, I guess it didn't say his name, and then a sticker on it, like, now, uh, you know, now revealed <laughs> that Dan Humphrey is the author. Right. Now with more Dan Humphrey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Blair and Louis uh, are here. She finally tells Louis that she is pregnant, and he could not be happier. He gives her a big hug. Oh, uh, Blair's Louis. a little confused. Louis, I am happy. Uh, she's a little confused because of the magazine inter- interview, but obviously Louis just said those things to protect Blair, the 20-year-old, from being obviously. on constant baby watch. Yes. And so Blair Blair seems surprised that he'd do that for her. And uh, she says he really is a prince. And Louis tells her that the truth is he can't wait to be a father. And he's going to be one now. And Louis wants to celebrate. So uh, we see Blair take the envelope with the results and uh, put it back in the drawer. This was this was when I was like, is she lying? But I guess maybe it is just uh, so that, you know, she is not getting rid of the evidence. She is just putting it back. So yeah, um, yeah well, why don't she bring that all the way over here? It's very silly of her. Um, also, this is this, any garbage can that she found anything, outside, like anywhere in the city. He's uh, a homeless man. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> this <laughs> the guy goes, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, oh boy, I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, this is this is plenty of Louis, by the way. I think this is exactly how he needs to be used. He needs to be used like the adults, and just like let's let's see him right. once an episode briefly. He's got nothing else to offer to the. T- like, he's just a nice guy, uh, not very interesting, and it's not even like. Again, we don't know if he's just French or a bad actor, but the way he right. delivered the line, like, I am so happy. I am going to be a father. Yeah. Like, are you happy or are, or you, are just you just bored? Because it doesn't seem like you're selling these lines very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we see Chuck, and boy, oh boy, is he clearly feeling again. Like, I, I, was it the fact that Blair's having a baby with someone else? What Did he really want to be a father? Or is he just like, damn, if, if Blair has a kid with this guy, like, she's really never going to be mine again. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I was saying to Nicole before... Um... Chuck's wife of the pod, Nicole. Wife now. of the pod now. We can officially wife say of it. the pod. Wow, look at that. My wife of the pod. My wife of the pod. <laughs> She's giving me a, a. I don't know what that is. I guess. Yeah, cheering, cheering. There we go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was just like she's like wagging her fist at me. I was like, she, is she mad? I don't know. But then it turned into cheering. It looked. It looked like you know. Yesterday when we were watching the OC, it looked like Ryan's version of cheering. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so I was saying that Chuck's grieving looks a lot like orgasming. <laughs> that's what i wanted to say <laughs> is this what you look like when you orgasm with a single could... tear rolling down your face <laughs> yeah and a dirty mutt in my arms yeah, no, don't call, I, I don't call the call that <laughs> i think the dog has something to do with it just the realization that like yeah. in, in the dot 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 part where she said she's pregnant yeah. and he didn't know it was his like he could dots. have had all that and now he just has this freaking dog that he didn't ask for <laughs> yeah. like, like, <laughs> 
fucking dog named Monkey. <laughs> yeah, Monkey comes to hang out with Chuck as a single tear rolls down Chuck's face, and Chuck gives Monkey a little kiss. I, famously, not a dog person, but I am glad that yeah, uh, yeah, Chuck at least something. has this one, this one friend in his life. Uh, animal on the show now. We'll we'll see if Monkey has any uh, mm-hmm. big storylines here. Um, Wait, also I'm cutting so re- you off. Speaking of Lindy Legends, like. And monkey being an animal name, Ellen's cat is named Monkey. So oh, it is. Oh, that's amazing. Look at that. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Monkey the cat and shout out to Ellen you, as monkey well. I'm so- <laughs> um, <laughs> Serena, she'll be thrilled to know that uh, that Monkey the cat got a, sh- got a shout out on the phone. <laughs> um, oh, Serena. Serena's happy that Charlie's here. Uh, she didn't realize until she saw Charlie in LA how much she needed family around. And uh, Charlie is struggling to find her phone. She must have forgotten it at the big event after she uh, checked it. Oh. And she says. She <laughs> she says she totally forgot about it. And again, these characters are so nonchalant about not having their phone for hours. Like, oh, I'll if get I'm it tomorrow. For two- like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Oh, we'll just get it tomorrow. We'll call in the morning to get it. Like, what? How How are you not rushing? Back? I would have noticed immediately that I didn't have my phone. I don't know how these guys do it. Yeah, in the early days, too, it was like, okay, flip phones, whatever. Now you're you're in like the smartphone era. This is it's kind of insane. Yeah, they're starting. The phones are starting to get smarter. There's more to lose there. Like she should she should have cared more. And like Serena also should have been like, all right, let let's go get. Yeah, right. Just go. We're not doing anything. And at this point, the the flip phones were also just like less valuable. These are these these probably cost a lot of money back then too. These Blackberries. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you know what? That doesn't matter. Never mind. Okay. Maybe that's part of it. Cut to D- Diana and Nate going through all the contents on people's phones. And Nate, Nate sees that there's just one phone left behind that doesn't have a tag on it. And Diana really risky for I like I know she had to check the phone, but like knowing that she has a full ass fake like identity going on here to like trust her phone with someone like I, I don't know what she should have done, but to forget your phone then is just c- completely like not what she should have been doing here. And Diana looks at the phone and asks Nate if he knows someone named Ivy. Nate shakes his head, but he looks at the phone and sees a text message from good boyfriend Max. Ivy, dash, dash, you there? Got your VM? Call me, exclamation point, dash, Max. Which, who texts like that? But anyway. Yeah. Why, why does Nate think he, it looks like he thinks he has something. Like, hmm, this is interesting. Like, it's two names you don't know. Why are you reading it like you fi- you figured it out? <laughs> two names you don't know with a phone you don't recognize. What do you, what do you think you have here? <laughs> That's our episode. That not the best cliffhanger they've ever done. I mean, it is a good cliffhanger. Like, is Ivy going to get caught, uh, found out? But yeah, I, it, you know, it's no, I killed someone. Uh, that's our episode. <laughs> what what happens next, Brendan? I like so, so Ivy. Obviously, has to stay in this world with them because, like we said, she's a main cast member, so she's going to last a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. What, I'm excited to see what they find on her phone because that text obviously is not enough to go off of. So there must be something else that's more incriminating on yeah, her cell phone. What were those pictures they were pulling up? I'm not yeah. sure. I didn't get Those a good look, like, look maybe at they were what like the pictures. The, um, the congressman's like sex photos that the woman didn't want to be leaked. That's what I was guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get a good look at the pictures, but yeah, she was definitely uh, looking at something. Yeah. Um, so, Harry, you can also predict. If you don't know what happens next, then by all means, you can make a prediction as well. Yeah, no, Charlie's going to hang around for a bit, for sure. I think um, Nate and his boss um, slash, you know, sex boss is um yeah i i think they're gonna do some digging here and to be honest it seems like the cat could come out of the bag pretty quickly but i'm rooting for miss charlie ivy whoever she she can overcome it yeah no i think listen like she's getting a taste of the posh upper east side life like she is not gonna let that just get swept away (laughs) like she's gonna fight 
you know she better not absolutely. she better not yes she deserves the world and i hope and i hope she continues to uh, to receive the world uh, so let's quickly go through our segments here of course my former favorite segment user review of the week uh we have a new reviewer here or at least someone who hasn't reviewed in a while i, I don't know it's not it's not comedy fan is what i'm trying to say uh it is caleb a morgan and Caleb says, gives the episode an 8 out of 10 and titles the review, Dan is the Worst. And oh he says, four scenes of Dan and Blair are so bad. Also, where did Serena go? She was missing, like, majority of the episode. It felt really weird without her. Like, she was supposed to walk at the fashion show? We didn't see her again until the ending for, like, one second. So a Dan and Blair hater, or a Dan and Blair hater and a, a Serena lover was Caleb A. Morgan. Thank you for your thank you for your input, okay. Caleb. Okay. Thank you. Next week, the episode title is memoirs of an invisible dan you have any predictions based on the episode title uh well i guess this is more about the book than anything else sure seems like it yeah. and the little blurb tells us dan decides to reveal his book to his friends and family look what i wrote guys i really have, really have a choice at this point <laughs> <laughs> so let's get in to the episode grades uh brendan you went first last week i will go first this week and again so I've been saying that that uh, season five is uh, you know not a good season, and that the episodes I, I'm still waiting for that shoe to drop because yeah. uh, we didn't start off strong, but I feel like each episode has slowly been climbing like better and better. I thought that last week was a, was an improvement off of the first week, and I think that this week is is even better still. I think I think at the very least the makings of a classic Gossip Girl episode were there. We have something where where phones are getting checked so Mayhem can go there. Like it, they don't really take it to like full tilt Gossip Girl, but like it was a good idea. Uh, we have a good ch classic Chuck and Blair scene which I really appreciate. Uh, we had some funny moments here. Um all the stuff with Charlie, I do love. Love seeing what's going to go on here. Still still haven't gotten to like you know the the meat of it like where where you know she hasn't gotten like found out or anything yet so it's still like a lot of setup um blair and dan stuff i always love so they're still going strong i guess the only thing i'm quibbling with here is the nate and diana of it all uh they're doing a better job than usual uh sticking nate kind of in in the main storylines kind of using the spectator to kind of get him into these events as well but it's still the thing where it's like Everyone is in the episode, and then Nate is in the background fucking an older woman. Like that, that like Nate is always on his own Dallas side quest time. to fuck his his older woman of the season, and this time it's Diana, and like that's what he's doing now. So it's still just like biggest duds of the season. And like I said, they they did a little bit where he was like talking to different characters at various points of the episode. Um, Rufus and Lily were meh. Welcome back, Lily. Happy to see you. But yeah, so I enjoyed watching it. So I will uh, give another improvement. Last week, I gave the episode a B minus. So this week, I will give it a B. Uh, Brendan, what are you grading the episode? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, we, I've also have been waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's, it's been so far so good. It's, it hasn't been much, but it's, it's been solid. Uh, nothing really annoyed me in this episode either. Usually there's somebody or something that annoys me. Maybe that, that it's... Mm -hmm because Vanessa's actually gone for good. So that's also nice. Um, <laughs> even like the adults are used. We love the episodes where the adults are used well. They're here just enough. I get to see Lily with her glasses, which, you know, I love. Um, Louis's oh, not in this too much. Glasses. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to hear French people talking for too long. It's always good. Uh, <laughs> Nate does do more than usual, even though it's not a, the, the best plot. It's still better than like an average Nate plot. Um, yes. There's some plot holes with like how publishing works and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> there's we get, we get a classic Chuck and Blair scene. Um, that's always going to bump up a grade. So I, I'm, I'm going to land on a, a B plus for this. I, I really enjoyed this. All right. So even better than what I gave a B plus. And uh, Harry, 
what are you going to grade the episode? Good question. I um, I liked the episode overall. I think they they touched on a lot of the the characters in a different way, like you said, from having a again a vague understanding of the show. I felt like I could mm. follow the episode pretty well with just having seen bits and pieces. Um, the Diana and Nate story just really did it for me. Like him walking into the room, <laughs> and saying, like, like, "What's my first job as an intern?" She goes, "Well, you can make me scream." Like, like are you kidding? Like, it's, it's so no, they were. I, I want to see what what happens with them, um, and obviously the the whole book scenario and and Blair's little drama. So yeah, I think listen, it, it's building up. I think they did a good job with the build up. I'm also going to give it a solid B plus, and let's see. What All happens right, so two B pluses and a B, pretty solid rate nice. ranking ratings ranking grades. Sorry, grades, pretty solid grades for this episode. Uh, let's get into our MVPs. For me, I think it's pretty clear cut that this is a this is a this is Charlie's episode. Yeah, she walks she she walks in in the on the runway. She she uh, has a new family. She's moving back into the penthouse. Uh, she she stood up to her fake mom and said, bitch, I'm fucking living here and you can just run along now. Like I have shit on you. And if you try to if you try to take me down, I'm taking you down with me like I, I don't know how you could say this is anyone but Charlie's episode. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to force your hand to, uh, <laughs> to to also give for the MVP. But my MVP is clearly going to Charlie. Brendan, who is your MVP of the episode? Yeah, I, I have to agree, of course. I mean, I mean, she goes from having absolutely nothing and also being worried about being found out while she still has nothing and is worried to go to the city. And then by the time the episode ends, she owns the city again. So where to go, Charlie slash Ivy. Charlie slash Ivy. Harry, who is your MVP of the episode? Well, love some Charlie slash Ivy, of course. I think she's <laughs> she's stepping into into this role into her own. Um, but I mean, she did what she had to do. Kind of predictable. I'm sticking with my girl Diana. Like, listen, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. prob- what I love, I love about her. Is that- <laughs> what I love about her, she probably doesn't have that much power. But watching this episode, like, she's the most important bitch in the room, and like, she makes the rules. So, like, yeah. I'm I'm here. I love it. I didn't think we were gonna find we were gonna find the Diana Payne stand when we invited when we invited Harry. <laughs> I'm so glad we we figured this out. Um, and it's funny you say that because as we get into the LVPs, I'm gonna balance this out and give Diana my LVP of the week because I just think it was so fucked up that she fired so many people that these people are going home to their families and they're like, "How was work today?" And they're like, "Yeah, I got fired." And their wives or their husbands are saying, "What what happened? What did you do?" And they're like. Well, the boss really wanted to fuck the 20-year-old intern, and he didn't <laughs> want to do it in front of an audience, so here we are. And it's like, that's so terrible. She's she's using this intern for sex. Like, very creepy operation going on here. Like, I get I get why you're standing, Harry. I get it. I get one to see yeah. where this goes. But I, I'm going to I'm gonna cancel it out and give her an LVP from me. Brendan, nice. who is your LVP of the episode? Um, I could agree with that. I, I, I like Harry's also his, his MVP for her. Uh, I would land somewhere in the middle and give her nothing, which I guess is what I did. <laughs> which um, is what you are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I do want to give someone special an LVP um, that you also might not expect. <laughs> Rufus is getting my LVP. He was just Whoa. too suspiciously nice all episode long, and it just didn't sit right with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, something's up with him. <laughs> He said, we'll, we'll cook you waffles in the morning, Charlie. And Brendan was like, hmm, yeah, likely story. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I don't like him seeing, I don't like seeing her and him kiss her either. <laughs> That's what it is. It's yeah, a jealousy it's thing. A jealousy you want to be the one kissing Lily. Yeah. All right. Uh, Harry, who's your LVP of the episode? LVP. Um, oh, 
they all really did such a good job. They they put their heart into that. But I guess Monkey could have done a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> okay. I just feel like he was kind of there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as a dog person, like you can definitely, you know, come up to me, lick me, do all the stuff. Um, uh-huh. and he was just kind of sitting there. Like he wasn't he wasn't uh wasn't a hobby boy, if you will. So okay. I wanted okay. more out of Wow. Love it. <laughs> uh, love the stray LVP for Monkey the Dog. <laughs> for Monkey the Dog here. Um, I wonder if uh, I will remember who Monkey is when we are going over the season review and we're going over the LVPs. I'm like, I hope we do. Monkey? I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, of course, does it for all of our segments, except, of course, for everyone's favorite segment, and that is Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And this week, we are doing uh, quite the lengthy uh, scene here where, uh, speaking of Monkey the Dog, the LVP of the week, uh, we are going to do where uh, Ann and Chuck are are, uh, meeting Monkey for the first time. Uh, Nate's also meeting him. So Chuck, Dan, and Nate. Brendan, I know you usually like to do Chuck. Would you like to portray Chuck Chuck in this scene or would you like someone else? Yeah, that's great. All right. uh, Harry, would you like to be Dan or Nate in this scene? I think I want to be Nate. Yeah. I, All right. I, so I, I will feeling. be Dan. Does everyone have their uh, scripts in front of them? Yes. Yes, All sir. All right. So let's get started. Whenever you're ready, Chuck. Okay. <clears throat> I suffer through mediocre sex with an editor's assistant to find out who's publishing your book, and this is how you thank me. Chuck. You felt nothing after Field of Dreams, famously the 12th best movie of all time. So I'm taking it to the next level. If that scene at the end where Kevin Costner has set at I have oh. to say has catch, not has <laughs> You know what? Let's move on. If that movie can't make you feel, then maybe this little guy can. The only thing this no mongrel, sex in Field of Dreams. Okay, well, that's why I didn't like it. The only thing this mongrel <laughs> makes me feel is disgust. Take it back to the pounder. I will. Sorry, I have a meeting. I gotta kill this book once and for all. I have to see my old mentor, Noah Shapiro. It'll take some persuading, but I think it'll help. I have some knee pads in the bedroom if you need them. Meaning you can suck his dick. Mm, You know what? I don't think I'm gonna need to suck his dick, Chuck. I think a simple conversation will do the trick, but thank you anyway. (laughs) Chuck, I'm not gonna suck this man's dick. Okay. Whoa, wait. No dick sucking is involved? Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, who's this little guy? He's Chuck's new, uh... Drunken mistake. Never sleep with a girl from PETA. What, do we have plans or something? Is that why you're here? No, 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 no. I'm just here to wish you good luck on your first day. Good luck. Thank you. Remember to walk the dog, Chuck. (laughs) What, are you going to keep him? Of course not. Well, you should. You might need a new buddy. I won't be around much between school and my new job at the spectator you do know this is not the kind of job you should get from a chicken hollywood party well diana's completely rebuilding the paper and even though i'm the only intern like she says there's a lot of opportunity to to move up and up and up (laughs) (laughs) nathaniel you and i both know the only reason this woman's hired you is so you can please her in the bedroom not the boardroom i thank you now, if you'll excuse me, I have to call Victor to get this thing out of here. Uh, lo- love the call back there <laughs> to the uh, thank you. Really came full circle. <laughs> I there. really did. Man, what what a scene! It was a lengthy one, but we really we really did it justice. Uh, Harry, for someone who was concerned with their with their acting skills, really knocked it out of the park. I think we did we did, we all did a really good job there. The the crowd can't stop uh, applauding, um, and that's uh, that's everything except for, of course, some plugs. Uh, but before that. 
Harry, thank you so much for coming thank on. You I know much. when I texted you reminding you of your uh, Lonely Boys appearance, you had not even remembered that you asked to come on the show. So uh, <laughs> I- I'm happy that we could work out a time for you to come on. And you did a wonderful job. Do you have anything that you would like to plug at this hour? Um, no plugs, just thank you. Uh, you know, of course. Uh, she can improv and she had a lot of fun with this one. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it's got me thinking like I, um, happy to be here. Happy to be a lonely gay boy these days. But honestly, <laughs> something about Diana has got me thinking I might have to switch teams again. So I'm wow. <laughs> going back. Well, a, a huge announcement at the end of the pod. We'll really <laughs> make sure everyone stays tuned for the end to, to announce the switching of teams. Wow. Um, <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much. Yes, it was a really yes. fun time. Uh, and Brendan, what are you plugging? Uh, so, you know, I, I think I mentioned this to you over the weekend, but I, I'm going to skip my plugs for this call to action. I want to incentivize the people of Lonely Boy World and the Crematorium. We, I want to get 20 patrons this season, by the end of the season, season five. And if that happens, if we make our 20 mark, I'll announce at the end of each episode how many we've gotten. I will buy a cameo from Kelly Rutherford and play it on air. <laughs> this is my call so, to action. So if we get 20 patrons, you will buy a cameo for yourself. Well, I'll, yeah, well I'm going to play it on air so if everybody else can see it too. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's, maybe, maybe I should get the cameo for you and uh, <laughs> okay. tell, tell Kelly Rutherford to throw in a little surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, so it's a t- teamwork. So 20 by the end of the season. Make it happen, people, and we will uh, play whatever Kelly Rutherford says to me on air. And then maybe, maybe that'll lead to Kelly Rutherford being on the pod. I mean, I, th- I don't I think that's possible, honestly. If you, sometimes you just ask nice people to do you favors, and <laughs> they, they'll do it. Well, say say a cameo is like a minute long. If I bought, say, a hundred <laughs> cameos, <laughs> we could turn it into a Kelly podcast. <laughs> we just went back to back to back. To back Most to expensive back. podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Brendan's call to actions. For me, um, I did this on the Sandy Boys yesterday, but I would like to plug it on the main uh, feed as well. Uh, good friends of the pod and friends of real life, Matt Ligori and Brian Scally, are branching off of the Dom and Colin Podcast Network and creating a challenge podcast of their own with their own feed. They are, of course, the Free Agents Podcast. So if you want to hear uh, coverage of the challenge and other reality TV shows uh, by two of the great podcasting legends of our time, if you love them from this show, you love them you're gonna love them on on their own podcast you you already know who they are so check their podcast subscribe rate review all that fun stuff and uh the season of the challenge uh if you're listening to this on the day this is released the season the new season of the challenge is on its way so you can you can listen to their preview i'm sure they'll have uh first episode recap up soon so definitely check that out um and besides that you can follow me on twitter uh, at maddie fresh 24 you can follow brendan at ruppy puppy you can follow his other podcast the hobby boys at the hobby boys pod and you can come back next week where we will be breaking down season five episode four uh, memoirs of an invisible dan is that what it was called probably but but until then you know you love us xoxo lonely boys bye-bye